what's going on everybody it is thursday may 25th the year of our lord 2023 and you have found the pinwheels and ivy podcast i am your host matt swaski aka Southside Zo, aka father Zo, and with me as always since day one mr aldo soto Back to where it all began, the shitty line lighting, probably terrible audio. We'll see how that comes out post. Uh, pissed off at our teams. It's, it's always good to be with you, Isa. It's like we, it's like we went full fucking circle. Uh, <laughs> and also from Vegas, who started out as our man on the street at the baseball winter meetings, but now he has to leave the show early tonight because he has to go to a Vanderpump watch party. The good Reverend Kate Fitz. I would have to say that's probably mostly true, actually. But yeah, uh, you guys started this five years ago. I didn't join you guys till what, November? I think it was November. So like, we'll have another five years to celebrate then. But, you know, I mean, Aldo straight from his mom's house again. This is great. I mean, this is taking it back. Uh, he's got a curfew and everything. It's wonderful. And and Zoe starting it uh, without the makeup table, unfortunately. We missed the table, but. And uh, <laughs> comments are hot already. Comments on a really good start. Very, very nice, Cortez. So yeah, and, yeah super excited for this fifth. And our fifth. newest, fifth. still newest member to the crew. Very happy to have had him on. He's only getting bigger and better by the day. Now he's a big TV star. Our guy, NASCAR Mitch. Well, I thought I was your guy, and then everywhere I turn, I see all this slander and these bullying rumors well, pop you up. That's like, you, all buddy. I tried to do was bring joy to the people with the sport. Maybe uh, don't be a bully then, Mitch. Don't be a bully then. Uh, terrible play. And, you know, <laughs> you're going on the Aju, trashing me, calling me a bully. I try to make what? my good friend money by telling him to bet the White Sox, and I get trashed for it. Was um, the right time. It sounds a lot like victim shaming right here. I, I'm trying I mean, to stop yeah. you from making an ass of yourself with um, your Jake Burger take by warning you it was a bad take. And, you know, apparently, you know, Pedro Grafal agrees with me, so it's okay. Just the guy that runs the show agrees with me, but that's whatever. Yeah, and you know what happened after those rumors came out? He struck out five times in his first game. Instead of yeah. putting bombs, he was taking ground balls at second place, base, worrying about tearing an Achilles again. Nope, I told you what happened there. He found out that Mitch doesn't believe in him, and it just broke his little heart. And he went five strikeouts. Yeah, the season, pounding on the should have made the team over. Uh... We haven't even started the show, and we're already in. The, I love this. Yeah, this is fantastic. So, uh, <laughs> as we've alluded to, I love you, Mitch. As we've alluded to, um, I honestly blew my mind uh, when I saw this is the fifth year. This is the five-year anniversary of us doing this show, which, if you really think about it, it's pretty remarkable because I'm pretty sure the average shelf life for a podcast is, let's call it a year. Hey, Aldo, how many co-hosts did he run through at that time with fake bullying accusations? Well, I, I was going to say, guys, we, we can have, uh, we're like the Beatles, there's a freaking fifth member. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Also a big J. So you, you just followed in the footsteps then. Yeah. You better watch yourself. I might be calling on Ghost of the Past to pop on the show to give you a talking to. Well, at least we'll have one more person that likes bunting. Yep. Well, don't, we'll see what time he shows up. I'm not even sure what's going on. But uh, So we're going to talk about, we're going to go down memory lane for a little bit about the show. And, yeah, I know. That, I just saw that too, and it just made me feel very oh, old. Um, and then we are going to get into 
baseball talk. I mean, Mitch, how, Mitch, how old were you five years ago? 23, 18, I think. That's some, that okay. is some good math right there. The fact that That's you had to do all that math, that is amazing right there. Even twice, twice, was... Don't do math. I took one math class in college. It's <laughs> like straight calculate. It's... Tell you what, this little, just... this little guy right. was negative three when we first started the show. Can you say hi? Look there and say hi. That's Bowie. Say, listen, you jerks. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into that. And then all those already frozen ones, uh, new drinking rule <laughs> for this episode. Every time, every time all the freezes, you got to drink. Um, yeah. it's, and it's stuck on a smile, too. Like, yeah, that's, that's the best part. The best, that is, I'm screenshotting this just for dexterity. And then um, we are going to talk fun. some baseball. Uh, there is a lot going on in the world of baseball right now. Mitch brought notes, folks. Mitch brought notes. So all that and much, much more. NASCAR Minute. For the five years now, let's tap this keg. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, and you'll be the first to know when the show goes another 10 years because I'm dumb and I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, sports mockery, sports mockery.com, and also brought to you by Uncle Buds on 9700 South Cicero. Lots of drink specials, lots of good food. They got stuff going on every night. Uh, my guy, Baloney from the Chicago Sports Bombs, who you guys should all be watching, subscribing, and liking, uh, took his better half out there, had a nice meal at Uncle Buds, took some pictures, tweeted about it. I always appreciate that. That's just love right there, and I love it. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, first of all, how little Zoe was negative three. Five He's a swimmer. Uh, yeah, he was actually just like building up to be a swimmer. Uh, Aldo has Wi-Fi issues, so he'll be back uh, momentarily. <laughs> he wasn't kidding, folks. Aldo was uh, – he is back at his parents' house where he was five years ago when we started the show on a shitty MacBook, which he had five years ago when we started the show. So uh, you yeah. can literally during the show, he might end up. Mom, meatloaf. <laughs> Fuck! So, That's dedication right there. Yeah. So five years ago, I was doing another podcast that we won't talk about that ended in a bad way. Well, I want to hear about it. Uh, I'll tell you that offline. I'm not getting into that right now. Uh, I was kind of down and out, 
not gonna lie, I was really disheartened with how that other podcast uh, ended. Because uh, as you all know by now, uh, I put a lot into this shit. You know what I mean? Like this is what I do. I love this shit. So I was a little down and out. And then after about a week or so, because you can't keep Zoe down, I was like, we need to uh, we need to start another show. What what do we got for show ideas? And then me and all the kind of came together. We're like, well, let's Nico. do. Uh, Nico runs like Captain America, but we'll talk he just, about he's that in trotting a right time. now, so I don't. Know That's good. Uh, yeah. And then me and all got together. We're like, well, let's do the show. But there's a lot of White Sox, even at that time. There was a good amount of White Sox podcasts. There was, you know, some Cubs podcasts. And uh, me and Aldo said, well, why don't we do a show where we talk about both? You know, me and Aldo were already boys. We're just like, you know, we get along. We love talking about baseball. Let's do both. No one's doing both. Why not both? And at that time, uh, Matt Anuko, a.k.a. Nuke, was a writer for us. Uh, he played in the White Sox farm system. Just overall good dude. Uh, so he was the third member. And that was five years ago, although that's fucking crazy. So for five years, I've been saying, let's tap this keg. For five years, I've been saying, and with me as always, Mr. Aldo Soto as the first guy. Uh, and then a couple years later, we met Fids through mutual friends. Like five, six months later. Was it only oh. six months? Yeah. 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 Just so we, November. Well, first of all, Nuke apparently doesn't have Netflix or cable because he just kept popping kids out. And so he had to go start taking care of his kids. And Fids, who we met through a mutual friend, who I don't know if you guys know this, he's in Vegas. Uh, was, you know, he was coaching baseball at the time. And uh, we actually had him on as a guest. Remember that, Fids? Mm-hmm. First that came on the show. It. Yeah. Because I went to the winter meetings. Because uh, it was no, Bryce no, Harper. No, no, no. Before that, you first came on the show as a guest and you were oh. Chris Bryant's high school baseball coach. Oh. We were interviewing you about Chris Bryant. And then after that, uh, you we stayed in touch because me That's and you right. kind of instantly got along and we stayed in touch. And you're like, hey, man, these winter baseball meetings are in Vegas. I could be your man on the ground. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then so you did those reports, which were hilarious if you go back and watch them. And Nuke left. We asked you if you wanted to stick around. And you said, yes, yeah, so you're here now. And then, wasn't Mitch about a year ago? Yeah. Yep, last summer. Yeah, last summer. So it was three years ago Mitch came oh, on. Basically year. a year ago. This is right yeah. after. Yeah, right after graduation. So Mitch came on. Uh, Mitch took on a position of being our head White Sox writer over at Sports Mockery. And talking to some of the other co-owners, we thought it'd be a great idea if Mitch had a segment on pinwheels to talk about like the articles he'd written that week and you know whatever well like a lot of things in life folks you know unplanned shit happens and we all just hit it off right away and then it just made sense to have the two and two dynamic and we're all here now it's been a great last year with these three i think the show is finally kind of reaching where we've always wanted to be uh, yeah, Mitch Mitch is like the Tony Kukoc of the group. It's funny, the first segment, because like you said, it was supposed to only be a segment. And you're like, oh, like, introduce yourself. And I didn't like, you know, since it was only supposed to be a segment, I'm like, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes or anything. It was brutal. Like, my introduction was awful. Like, the look on Kid's face, kid, uh, Fid's face was like, God damn it. This is so 
It's always even like, all right, folks, like he's new. Don't worry. We'll get it. Like we'll get him comfortable. So I'm glad it worked out after that. Yep. Um, for a second. Look at that. Like, like Arranged seven, seven months, seven months later, you're a, uh, you're a Twitter star, Mitch. Yeah. You're, you're the darling of the 108 tournament. You're putting out all this fucking content, which you still haven't made for our show yet, which, okay. <laughs> you're uh, covering fires and explosions at meth houses. Yeah. You're on TV now as dude, you've fucking grown a lot over the last year. Holy shit. Living in Missouri now. Um, so in preparation for this show, <laughs> I was looking at a lot of the old shit that we did. And I want to start with this. Sorry, Aldo. Uh-oh. But Aldo wrote an article to introduce pinwheels to the world. And uh, he did introductions for the original th- three hosts. And please, folks, bear with me. I'd like to read to you these original introductions. Matt Zawaski, a.k.a. Zoe. Take that, Ben Zobrist. He's the original Zoe of Chicago. So Zoe over here is a White Sox fan, and right now he's probably trying to figure out where Matt Davidson lives so he can go massage his back. This is also an invite to Matt Davidson to come on our show. We'll make sure to keep Zoe away. I think I'm supposed to put some other generic shit in here, but I wanted to make a joke about Zoe's creepy infatuation with Matt Davidson. It's on par with Hawk's love affair with Todd Frazier. Anyway, Zoe's going to be the first voice you hear as he'll drive the show every week. So, yeah. I mean, that's 2018 White Sox, baby. That's Matt 40, Davidson, that, Todd Frazier. That is just... And I always laugh at that meme that the 108 guys throw up of the original Matt Davidson fanboys. False. <laughs> I have proof. And also, wow, has your writing style changed over the years? <laughs> By the way, uh, people forget Matt Davidson, uh, the original of Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Matt Davidson had a couple of relief appearances, and he was—I think it was—I think the first one might have been it might have been against the Texas Rangers. He was pumping like ninety. Well, he nope. tried to go to the minors because he was like his stuff was filthy, and he was like, "Yeah, yep. I'm gonna try this pitching thing." Yeah, he tried to like do uh, what's his name, the guy that had the yips and then became a pitcher. Thank you. Uh, Rick Ankeel. Yeah, Rick. He tried to like go Rick Ankeel, where he was like, "All right, fuck it, I'll get back into my majors as a pitcher." And then the next one is for our guy Matanuko, aka Nuke. Although wrote, "There's so many damn Mats at Sports Mockery." When Matt joined, he got the nickname Nuke right away. Not sure if he likes it or not, but he stuck with it. Fun fact about Nuke: he was drafted by the White Sox. Back in 2006, big names like Clayton Kershaw, Evan Longoria, Andrew Miller, Brandon Morrow, Brandon Morrow, Tim Lincecum, <laughs> Max Serger were all drafted, and so was Matt Anuko. So, I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. Nuke will give us a player's perspective and get into some of the details of the game throughout the show, but he's a fan too, and let me tell you, he may only be in his 30s, but Nuke has a little, this new generation sucks in him. And, well, that should be make for some very lively discussions. So for those of you that missed the Nuke era of the show, Nuke had a very good character arc where when Nuke started, he was very much a get off my lawn. All this new shit sucks. I hate everything (laughs) to by the time he left the show, he was pounding bottles of red wine on the show. He didn't drink at first. He was pounding bottles of red wine on the show. And all of a sudden he was like Mr. Bad Flip. He's like, I love bad flips. This shit's awesome. Back when we used to do Back when we used to do segments, he had his uh, he had his fancy segment where he would review what wine he was drinking, and then we would play that Iggy Azalea song, Fancy. Oh, that God, little, yes. like, blurb. <laughs> oh, Jesus, this show used to suck so bad. 
Oh. <laughs> I remember I remember being on a bus in San Diego for the Lions baseball tournament with our team, arguing with you guys, with Nuke. Me and Nuke, I think between us versus you guys about bat flips, I think. I'm pretty sure. Either bat yeah. flips or bunts. But we were arguing about it. I think so. I, I think I was, I can't remember what it was, but I just remember being on the back of the bus. I'm with a bunch of like-minded coaches where they're like, fuck back tosses and shit. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, am I like really like getting fumed up over this right now on the bus? And Nuke's like, fuck yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. But that was a, Nuke, Nuke was my spirit animal on the show. Uh, yeah, because I think so, that was, that was 2019. And that's what happened with uh, Tim Anderson in April. I think that was when the whole big bat flip, bat toss debate all cool. started. And then, Roughly, so yeah. keep in mind, folks, remember, this was written in 2018. Oh, no. This was all of a sudden. And then there's me. Pretty so bleep that out. I'm a Cubs fan, <laughs> have been since 1998. And yes, it was because of Sammy Sosa. Bring him home already, Tom Ricketts. Anyways. Still waiting five years later. I guess I'm bringing the Cub perspective to the show. And if you haven't noticed by now, I'm a sarcastic jackass. So hopefully that gets Zoe riled up every week. He hasn't failed, folks. Literally, he is. <laughs> How many weeks are in a year? 52. 52 so we're going Time's on what, my like... five. No. Oh! Time he out. Has, does he have Time red? Out. Time out. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, this is a historical moment for the fifth year anniversary. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I present to you Matt Anuko, <laughs> a.k.a. Nuke, a.k.a. White Sox draft pick from 2006. <laughs> First and foremost, look at that fucking beard, my this guy. This is Dallas Braden? Oh, oh my God, dude. <laughs> look at that beard, my guy. What's going on, Nuke? I take care of it. What is going on, buddy? <laughs> oh, man. You know, living a dream. Yeah, I saw you. You're still killing I, the academic game. I have to say, I was so excited when you texted me randomly for the first time in five years. It was the first time was in like... five years. <laughs> we actually go get the coffee a few times, didn't we? Did we? Uh, I, I think I showed up once or twice. <laughs> but uh, I got a little excited. I was like, Aww. yeah, yeah, I'll come in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm still kind of important somewhere. So the first question I have for you, Nuke, is do you watch baseball? I actually watch a lot more now than I did. Hey. Because I know, I know. Because I'm like full little league mode now with my son. Are you coaching? No. Oh. <laughs> no. No, I leave that to the to the other dads. Uh, but I judge. I sit there and I judge. I don't know time. Supposed to do. Do, you, do you tell the kids you were drafted in 2006? Yes, I whisper it and then I tell. <laughs> do you read do you read out your your player comp? My stat yeah, well it's still my twi- yeah, <laughs> my like Twitter thing. Um, Fortunately, I there are I actually have uh, I live in um, Kevin Franzen lives in the same town as me, and I was I coached his daughter. I don't know. Ke- Kevin Franzen was a big leaguer, and he uh, he played for the Phillies for a little while. But he does the um, he's the color guy for the Nationals now on TV. So uh, I like I, I, I was coaching soccer. And uh, I had his daughter. I didn't even know it was him. Anyway, uh, so I am not the coolest guy around. Uh, nope. Kevin Franzen, obviously, everybody wants to be you know friends with Kevin Franzen. Gets people's t- people tickets. You know, he talks about his boys Max Scherzer and you know all the important people that I never met. 
Yeah, but did he do a shitty podcast that has now been on the air for five years? No, mm. no, definitely not. Yeah, no, so, I definitely have that on him. Feel free. To I think we have as many viewers as Washington Nationals broadcast. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we got that going for us too. Um, Luke, oh, how many man. kids do you have? I have you three, know? and the third one was the one that, that I, I was trying to show. remember it. I was, uh, I think, my last regular show was in 2019 right after she was born right yep yeah i yeah. believe so i think i finally was like oh my god I'm, i can't do this that's when um, i got the message and i was very disheartened yeah when you're just like yeah too. i got i gotta take care of these damn kids no he yeah. didn't say that he's he so no the third one was completely different than all than the other ones that was the problem see now you're you have kids what's up your grading also slack too, because I remember we would have you basically just just give maze on their essays, like they, they, they so every time, just give them the B or the A and move on. Like I still back stand when by I used that. to drink wine. Yes, <laughs> I stand by that. If you're a teacher, you should just give all the kids Bs and move on. Um, I'm totally in on that. I, every yeah. time at, at the end of every semester, I'm like, you know, what would Zoe do? Well, get you that, that's how that's how Mitch got through college through those COVID years. You just got A's and B's. Professors yes. didn't care anymore. That'll be that'll get people very <laughs> far in life, actually. No, you know what it is. It's um, I totally lost the, the joke I was going to make. Um, all right. It's, no, here that's it is. New, Everybody knows this, right? In love. <laughs> it's not. It's not what you take in college. It's who you take. Oh, Ooh, yeah. dirty dog! Oh, Look wise. at you, you old perv. Um, <laughs> have you been watching? Have you been watching any of the White Sox games? I've caught pieces here and there. Occasionally, I, I catch a Lou bomb. Uh, I think he's doing okay, right? I did see out. Michael Kopech, uh dealt the other night, right? He dealt right? today too. Yeah. He's found a little something. He's working. Is he still living at 106, or is he dialed it back to 96? Is uh, he's can actually, he reach 104 anymore? No, but he's living at like 98, 99 now, and he's going seven innings, which for the White Sox is a fucking miracle. So he's out of the bullpen, huh? No, he's starting. He's, he's a starting. starter. Yep, he's fucking. It's, the last two outings have been very impressive. He found something. He's and he wedged it out. He watched a 17 strikeout performance on MLB The Show for me yesterday in between those two starts. So that was really cool. That's right, Nuke. You went went away right before we became like an MLB The Show podcast in 2020 when there was no baseball. Yep. Yep. Uh, I feel like I caught a a little bit of that. Vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we tried to get you uh, into it a little bit and you denied us you playing baseball video games. If you want me to talk dad life for a, an hour, I will wax poetic. My son is like in to sports gaming. Like the Nintendo Switch was the worst thing I could have ever bought this kid. Tell him if he wants to catch these fucking hands and MLB the show, I will smoke him. So, I'll make it so like, he doesn't want to play video games for a long time. <laughs> Just abuse him? I could do that for you. Okay. I got a two-year-old now, Nuke. I'm actually a dad now. It's fucking crazy. Yes. So you'll, <laughs> so, yeah, you're like and, right there, man. Ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, it's official. There's <laughs> our guy turning to. Who's that string bean? Look at that guy. Oh, no, Zoe. Zoe, go Didn't to his. Didn't you have to yep. put his profile That's where I just as... pulled it from. was from yep. my old profile pictures. Go to his, go to his Twitter profile and read the scouting report. 
Oh my god. Is, does it do you still have your scouting report up on your Twitter? <laughs> it's still, I don't think I've tweeted. I may have tweeted five times since uh the last show, probably. You killed your profile. Uh no, you took it down. You said award winning journalist, professor, White Sox, co host of the Pinwheels and Ivy Pod. Yeah, you haven't touched this. Still there, years. man. Pen, and then you're you actually put your email in your bio. So yeah. I'm you're, one of those cool journalists. You're fuck. <laughs> um well proportioned. And nobody sends me tips because live, I write for a local newspaper. Live athletic. No, box. it's gotta be on there. Is it? It's, it's, it's right there. It's a banner. It's well proportioned, live athletic body, very loose and coordinated. Built like Hall of Famer Robin Thick. I mean, excuse me, Robin Gallant. Oh yeah. Uh, Blue collar player, play center field, shortstop, and third baseman with equal ability without using the Oxford comma. Well done. Contact hitter, drives ball gap to gap, has pure or soft, sure, quick hands, knows her ball. Hands. He definitely has soft hands. <laughs> does DP well. Oh, oh, oh me, turns, hey. Turns DP well. Turns oh, DP well. Oh, hey, hey, hey. This is they got only fans now, I'm glad they don't That's have ratings on there. They, they got only fans. Critics. <laughs> That's and that's where I peaked, guys. So thank you. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Like one of the proudest things about that is there is Francisco Figueroa is right next to me, and I'm taller than him. I think <laughs> I don't know. I don't this know if true. he played in the big leagues, but I think his brother is like the first base coach of the Phillies right now. The only thing I'm seeing is 56k slash 350k on his, and yours just ends at four year. No, is that what it was? I I, I thought that was <laughs> video. Yeah. Well, Nuke, I don't think you've ever met our our newest member here. That's NASCAR Mitch. Not quite as athletic, apparently. Oh, uh, also soft hands. I'm sure he knows yes. the White Sox far better than I do, though. He does. That's not as tall as you either. Uh, I have tuned in. I I've stalked here and there, and I've I've listened to Mitchell. And I'm like, damn, this guy knows what he's talking about. He does. Ooh. Don't don't fucking pump his tires. He doesn't need any of that shit. Um, <laughs> no, he knows what he's doing. No, but you guys like picked your, a good one. Like your scouting report, uh, Mitch definitely does have soft hands, and he's actually has a segment on the show uh, where he talks about NASCAR, and it's taken off like crazy. So. That's no one actually listens. They just tune in so they can see the naked pictures of Steve Stone. It's really. Yeah, disgusting at this point. I think so. the NASCAR piece connects better with our fan base than my wine reviews. <laughs> the wine review was electric, but so have you been? So you've been paying a little bit more attention to Major League Baseball. Are you just watching bit. the Phillies? Or are you watching anybody else? Oh, well, you know, I'm a big spender right now. I uh, I sprung for the MLB TV package. You, so got, the, watch you got that. Sh- you got that shit for free with your cell phone plan. First of all. <laughs> Yeah, you fucking liar. <laughs> it was supposed to be a Mother's Day gift because I married a Mets fan and I and when I'm, we're out of market, so I don't, oh look, we can watch the Mets. Yep. So I do want to ask you, who do you like this year? Who are you? Who you think is gonna? Can, you know? Before we start this, can we talk about how small ball has come back? <laughs> uh, All right, it get is. him off the show. Get him off yep. the show. Oh, we're losing connect. You gotta go back on Skype. We'll meet you there. You're breaking up. <laughs> He's uh, walk off bunt earlier uh, this month. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. The, the White Sox lost to a walk off bunt. That was fun. Um, actually, with the new rules, you know, the pitch clock and the the shift. 
uh, everything's up. Singles are up. Home runs are up. Everything's up. up. I'm up most of the time. <laughs> uh, that's actually a really good point because you used to be the get off my lawn guy. What do you think about the pitch clock? I love it, actually. Holy shit. Did not see I know. Can coming. you believe it? Did not see that coming whatsoever. Why do you no, love it? And, and you want to know something else, though, mm-hmm. is I like bat flips now. I'm all in on bat flips. We did it. Although I feel like we did that. Like, play the yeah. George Bush, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Because that's what this feels like. <laughs> I don't think like I have right that, now. but all right. <laughs> that, that's what that feels like right now. Uh, so you. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Close enough. There you go. Uh, do you actually like these new rules? I, I do. And here's why. And I think. I think uh, Fids will like this too, is just because that's the way it's supposed to be done without a clock. It's throw the ball, catch it, throw it back, next pitch. Throw the ball, catch it, throw the ball, next pitch. Put the ball in play, get runners moving. I love the bigger bases. I, I want to see more people running. Uh, I love that there's no shift and that there's base hits. I love that there's plays at the plate. I love that you have to outfielders have to throw behind and make a decision with a guy at second whether they're going to hammer it home and hit the cutoff man or throw behind and keep a double play in order. I love it. It makes it so much more entertaining. Folks, I am in awe right now. Is this I Brian Cranston? I thought he was coming on this and saying this all sucks, all this kid shit. I thought this was going to be terrible, but I am pleasantly surprised, Nuke. Hold on, hold, on, right. hold on, quick follow-up. How much do you love watching Kyle Schwarber on the Phillies? I loved with it his, last year. Not right? with no, his non-contact, with his, with his three-outcome. Sure. <laughs> Still. Well, last, <clears throat> I loved it last year. Last year, he came out of the gates, and he was just hammers. I love watching him swing. <laughs> I think Fids feels me on that one. Yeah. His hands are so fast. And his bat speed is just electric. And I hate it when he misses it, but when he hits it, that ball's going off far, far. Um, no one expected the Phillies to go to the World Series last year, not even me. And I think his performance last year and his like and his leadership, I'll call it. He's kind of like an elder statesman in the uh, in the clubhouse. I just like it. He can slump for a while. Nick Castellanos is like the bane of my existence. I, that that guy struggles, even though he's having a better season this year than last year. A little but, bit. Um, but I am a Schwarber fan. Okay, and, love that. Love that. Yeah. And then, any thoughts on uh, Jose Abreu on the Astros and his recent struggles? I know it. It's probably warming the cockles of every White Sox fan's heart, right? Not me. I'm. I no? I wish him a lot of success. I think I, a lot of White Sox fans wish that he would go down there and do his thing, and you know maybe actually win a playoff series. You know, get fucking crazy. But right, it's it's kind of tough, Mitch. What do you think? It's well, it's okay, hurting I me. I won a playoff series and all that shit. But I was pounding the table that they, they should bring him back. So now I feel yeah. like a jackass that he's like one of the worst hitters in baseball. Uh, but like, I mean, I loved Jose. I mean, he did everything right in his nine years here. And they basically told him like, look, we got your replacement. We're not bringing you back. He felt disrespected. So like, hey, I wish him well. I mean, he, he did everything right in his nine years. So like, it would be, I'd be a dick to root against him because he, he did everything he could for this organization. I feel like 
that's a great way of putting it. And I think Zoe, I agree with you too. It's just like, there's nothing else he could have done for white, for Chicago, for white no. Sox fans, for anything. I think more than probably any other player in white Sox history. Like I think everybody understood him was like, you know, yeah. Why do you want to stay here and get your shit pushed in anymore when you got a great offer from Houston and they're probably going to win another world series this year. You know? No. I will no? bet you good money to what Houston Astros don't win the World Series this year. I'll bet you a buy. The, uh, the shortstop, uh, Correa. Oh, did he go down? He watched NASCAR race because he said he wasn't going to reach like the Mets. Uh, he was not going to fail the Mets physical. Yeah. Oh, and then, no, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, Correa went to uh, like seven different teams and then didn't he get like hurt today? Carlos Correa, right? Yeah. yeah, well, so like, I'm telling you, though, Ooh. don't make another bet on the show because the last time it didn't work out. No, I still got to watch it. I still got to watch the fucking. Well, this is great. We got a Phillies guy on. Cubs just played the Phillies. And, you know, one of the big things that they, they were talking about was Trey Turner just sucking so far. Mm-hmm. So what do you got on Trey Turner, who I didn't realize was, has been as bad? As he has. Oh, he's been he's been pretty terrible. Although he hit a game tying two run homer today, and then Alec Bohm yep. did uh got the walk off. But uh, I don't know. I look at those contracts like it's ten years. Um, you know, you always come to a new team, and you know you got to figure it out. You're trying to make the fans happy. He looks pretty relaxed, but I mean. He's in a pretty bad slump, pretty rough slump. Maybe he'll get out. It'll probably go on a tear for a little while, but you know, you just want to see him be more consistent. But I think he, I can't stand that he chases the high fastball so much. He just grips and rips. He just rips that front side out and tries to just like extend his hands and tear the cover off the ball at the top. He doesn't swing at the balls down the dick. Or what Mm -hmm. did you always used to say? Right down the dick or something like that? You had some fucking saying that I thought was hilarious. Dick Dick high. Dick cock shot. Cock shot. There you go. I knew it was something dick related. <laughs> yeah. Nuke used to teach me all the bro baseball slang. <laughs> like cock shot and all this other shit. I was uh, sitting <laughs> I was sitting at the little league field yesterday with my wife. My and my son was playing. And I started like belting out like, you know, like two oh, good count to hit in here, son. <laughs> and it's it's he's eight. And it's like nine and ten year olds. They they have they're they have no idea where the zone is. I'm like, too well, good count. Coach's pitch, you're like, hey, might be getting the heater here. Coaches, hey, lay off that two seamer. Um, the two seamer. He's got a change up. He's got a good change up. But I'm sitting next to my wife, and she's like, what are you talking about? I said some. I said something about like uh, I don't I don't know just something like a like, like a cock shot or I'm like you would hate sitting in a dugout with me. I would love it. Yeah, I, I think it would be hilarious. But so it's wild, Nuke, because when you were on the show, we recorded on Skype and we had to record our audio on a separate app and we sent all the the recordings and then Aldo had to piece it together, like match the audio to the video. But we had no idea how many people were watching. We weren't interactive with people or anything. Do you guys remember? We started to actually stream on YouTube so that we would stop doing it on Skype. But the only way we could do that was through Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts, yes. And that that saved me so much time. And then YouTube's like, no one's using this. We're getting rid of it. And I'm like, fuck. Right. And and then I'm using it. So, Nuke, not only have we grown – 
like exponentially on how much total users we get every week. We actually have like loyal people that tune in every week and get in the comment section. And like, it's really, I don't think we would have ever pictured it this way about five years ago. Cause we were just fucking three idiots fucking rambling on about around. Yeah. yeah. Drinking. So yeah, <clears throat> there's a lot of drinking back at those times. You know, I, I was thinking about, you know, like occasionally I'll like tune in, I'll like listen to an episode, like probably because I'll be like sitting around and I'll go into the Facebook, which I can't believe you kept me in, yep. but I do go into the Facebook chats here and there oh, and, I, and I, and I laugh and I, and I remember I'm, I've like recently been like, I can't believe they're still doing it. You know, yeah, like I can't either. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe they're still doing it. And, I mean, I laugh. I think I was watching. I was watching one episode. I, I forget what it was about, but I was dying. I I laughed so hard. Well, that's good. Unsatisfied I'm, customer. That's, you're the one. Uh, <laughs> so what are our What are our views like? What's uh, or your views like? What's the uh, so is it, it varies. In the hundreds hundreds so, of thousands. Not hundreds of thousands, but uh, live we usually sit between anywhere between like twenty and fifty live. That's pretty good. But the the big ones come afterwards on youtube and then we get we still get a fuckload of people watch this shit on youtube like the youtube views yeah, we get are like into the hundreds on youtube That's on youtube good. yeah we get into the hundreds we need more people to subscribe so go do that yeah, we'll and then uh but yeah the facebook views get into the thousands it's it's wild and then yeah it's awesome the spotify and apple downloads are all trending up still and it's just you guys are thought leaders you know <laughs> something like that but it's been fun dude the white Sox podcast community has grown tenfold since the last show you've done and new shows pop up i bet since we started the show four new shows started well <laughs> i'm i'm so curious about this because like so i teach you know i teach journalism I, and yeah. um most of my students are sports communications majors so they like all they want to do is like do sports. They want to do podcasts. They want to do TV. They want to do all that stuff. And, um, and like, so I try to bring in a lot of like our stuff, our, our sports mockery, oh, Jesus. And pinwheels and Ivy. Those poor fucking kids. <laughs> they love it, but they love it. But it, like the, the message to them is like, look, these guys did it. You know, they didn't even <laughs> sure. have a journalism background, but <laughs> they were fair. like, let's just do it. And That's they did fair. it, and I'm like, you know, they they their eyes open very very wide when they hear what kind of traffic you guys do. So, um, well, but it's also where to get their start, you know, in blogging. I'll tell you what, Nuke. So, good friend of the show. There's another White Sox blog show called From the One Awake. All right, guys. Never yeah, heard of it. I know you haven't. <laughs> you're like the. Who are those the guys? One, you're the one Sox fan. I know. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> But beef Sunday loaf, soak. yes, beef loaf. He didn't branch off, but he added to their network, and he does his own show on Mondays now called the Aju. Get it, beef? The Aju. Uh, yeah, of he had me on as a guest earlier this week, and you know they've been in the game pretty much as long as we have. I think this, my episode with him this week would be a good one for you to listen to and see if you'd be interested in showing that I talk about what it's like to start a podcast and the <laughs> dedication and the time and everything you have to do 
to get yeah. it off the ground to be able to do it for five years. So it was a really good time. Everyone listening, you should go listen to that shit because it's a really fun show. But I think that would the the way you just brought that up just re, that's basically what we talked about for half that show. Yeah, As people fun. don't people don't realize the time and effort and everything you have to do to get. And I don't even yeah. want to go down that road because I'll ramble on for another hour. But by the way, by the way, Nick deserves the credit for being one of the first uh, Sox people to jump on the Daniel Polka bandwagon. Yes, he called it when the when the White Sox like picked him up off waivers or whatever it was. Like, hey, this guy has some pop. This guy's gonna yeah, hit some does. home runs, and he did. He did for yeah, a year, and then he went to. Then he's not. Where, then where he, is he? Japan now. Look at that. Oh my god! Hello. <laughs> Google Hangouts, <laughs> baby. Google oh, Hangouts. Look is that at when that. I was pointing, pointing at the camera every day. <laughs> Probably, and that's when you used to like lick your microphone, and it got really weird. Right here. And yeah, <laughs> I, Mitch, it got weird, dude. It was like made love know. to it. I, yeah, he got. See, he he doesn't even deny it anymore. He used to get into that shit. That's how his third kid came about. He got off the show and was like, "Honey." I said some serious microphone time. Let's get it. Uh, <laughs> some serious that, by the way, time. that screenshot is December 13th, 2018. Hell wow. Yes. No one has a clue where Bryce Harper is going. But someone on the show had a clue. Uh, yeah. I saw you guys brought it up. I think it was the Manny Machado thing, uh, reaction podcast. Yep. When he went to San Diego and I was so angry. Uh, here are old titles. Manny Machado signs with the White Sox. How can Rick Hahn get this done? <laughs> is Daniel Falco the next White Sox Hall of Famer? Yes, comma. Yes, he yes. is. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, we had some good shows. But all right, Nuke, you got any uh, any final thoughts or anything you want to tell the people? Oh, man, you, I, I can't believe you guys are doing it. I miss you guys, man. I, I'm glad you kept me in the uh, in the chats because – I do go in and check in every now and then. You never know. I drop a joke here and there. Every once in a while. Well, you goddamn well know you have an open invite. So anytime you have something to say, you go ahead and you jump. You just let me know. We put the link in the chat every week. You could just click it and join on like this. You just pop in. I did do that once from class. It was like after class and I jumped in. I think I jumped in on like Beef Loaf's time too. I think he was a guest. Yeah, we bump him. (laughs) I think uh, he used the word arbitrage and I was like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) well but cheers to you nuke thank you good to see you guys i miss you buddy doing a good job hey fids have a gummy for me (laughs) (laughs) keep in touch buddy i'll talk to you soon take care all right guys (laughs) yep i just booted him (laughs) i forgot about the, the episode he did where he brought on two former white Sox prospects it was just him and the two prospects Yep. Yes. Did a, he did a solo show. Looks and yes, here's, there's Zoe wearing a beanie indoors. Okay. That's a good one. Yep. I know. I was looking at those. Uh, I was looking at those older, those on Google Hangout. And I was like, oh, man. I forgot about Google Hangout. But I love Nuke. Nuke is one of the realest, nicest dudes. I actually had to go to New Jersey for mm-hmm. a work thing. And I met up with him at a bar. And we got drunk and watched a bad Monday night football game together. But... <laughs> He's just, he's a good dude, man. That was I'm glad. I'm sorry for the people that don't like know the first year of this show. That might have been kind of boring, but like Nuke's my guy, dude. Nuke can always come on this show. So there's one more nostalgic thing I want to do. 
Mitch, do not roll your fucking eyes at me again, so I will come <laughs> to Missouri and beat Look. the fuck out of you. We're, we're taking Mitch on it like a, like we're like those parents that are taking Mitch, like their child yes. on a vacation. We're like, oh look at this, this is the Louvre, this is the Mona Lisa. Like fuck you, I want to stay, I want a hot. Dog. We're just doing the uh, how oh, how I met your yes. mother of the pinnacle. Yeah, I'll get, I will give, I'll give you fucking asthma. All right, hey, that was no eye roll. I have contacts in. They were irritated. Don't you sass me, boy. We oh. have to play. We have to play this movie. It's five minutes, but. This is probably one of my favorite things that this show has ever. Have you ever seen this, Mitch? No. Oh, so we'll get Mitch's real time reaction. Here we go. You guys can hear it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not even playing yet. We got to hit play. Oh, shit. I'm sharing the wrong screen, I guess. Uh, Are you sharing what I think you're sharing? Well, it should be. Yeah, you had Not it. You just classic you just to, pinwheels and you, Ivy. You, you didn't have the play button pushed, but you got to. No, I did. Play. That's why it wasn't showing. So hold on. Oh, it was on the screen. It just it, the play button wasn't pressed. Ah, uh, here you go. You got to start at the beginning, though. You got to rewind. In another existence, in another time, in another part of the multiverse, there was a world that existed without the 108 tournament. Thanks to Father Zo, we get this multiverse existence here on earth dash six nine six nine four two zero father zo in his normal existence every spring lived for excitement and the white Sox. but in his normal boring existence he felt like he was missing something so him and his friend the reverend k fids embarked on a journey of invention and science the two met at the Twin Pines Mall at 1.16 in the morning, where the Reverend K. Fids unveiled a potentially new, possibly life-changing invention made out of a DeLorean. That's right. It was a time machine with a flux capacitor. So the two programmed in a few dates and gave it a test drive. After a successful travel through time, both knew it was time to give it a shot and go back and plant the seed of something special, a social media tournament for White Sox fans. The two traveled back in time to 1955, where they (laughs) stopped in Hill Valley, California, a nice place to live if you're my Sox summer and you lived on the West Coast. (laughs) There, they went searching for a special couple, the parents of Beefloaf and Cherizi. Luckily, after stopping in a diner, he recognized the silhouette and side view of a very familiar schnoz. He had found Beefloaf and Cherizi's father. But before he could actually explain and plant the seed of the 108 tournament, the neighborhood bully entered the diner with his posse of thugs and troublemakers. But Zoe wasn't having any of this. Zoe's not scared of Ken W.O. So in a conversation, Sweaty Ken said all he had to, but of course, Father Zoe popped him in his face, took off, stole a kid's skateboard, and rode through the town being chased by Ken W.O., Unfortunately for Ken and his passy, Father Zoe lures the thugs into a trap. And just as they think they're going to squish him into the back of a manure truck, Father Zoe spins out and the manure truck spills all over Ken, W.O., his posse, and his chivette. As Father Zoe is the first to invent the skateboard. That day, he goes to find Cherizi and Beeflo's mother. And in discussing this potential 108 tournament, it turns out she has a crush on Father Zoe. But Father Zoe is a man of character and integrity. So he continued on and formulates a plot to help 
Beefloaf and Cherise's mother and father finally meet and fall in love, thus planting the seed for the one away tournament. As they formulate a plan, he visits Beefloaf's father and explains to him the plot happily. And then he has Beefloaf and Cherise's mom come to the lab where the Reverend K. Fids explains how important a one away tournament is, even to Cup fans. That night at the dance, just as everything seemed to be going well, Ken W.O. shows up again. But Beefloaf's father tries to stop it, and the evil bully Ken W.O. grabs him by the arm. Cherise and Beefloaf's father will have nothing to do with it. And he curls his fist, knocks Ken Woe the fuck out. Thus, the two go to the dance. They kiss for the first time and fall in love. And as a tribute, Father Zoe decides to play a few of his favorite guitar tunes from The Grateful Dead. He rocks out, and then it's time to travel back to the future before he leaves. He gives them one reminder that one day their children must create this social media contest. Zoe travels back to the future again in the DeLorean with the Reverend K. Fitz, who again could very well be in 1955 or 2022 because he's just old balls. But K. Fitz pops in the next morning to Father Zoe's house, explaining that they need to go to the future now because Ken W.O. has also learned to time travel. And there's a whole nother multiverse that features three evil Kens. So the two travel back to the future future. They run into evil Ken, who wears a weird helmet that looks like the tip of a penis. Zoe gets into another skateboard battle with the group and foils them all, which in turn foils the future past and present of Ken W.O., who fades into existence as an old fart. Real footage. Get a lot of money for that. <laughs> also, how babies are made. But... Just in my pants. Father Zoe returns back to the time. All seems to be well. Or is it? <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> the other one, the other one was this the uh, a, the Shawshank. The Shawshank Twidemption where he's like, fuck Zoe. Fuck him right in his little ass. Because you die of Ebola at the end. Fuck Spoiler him. alert. Fuck him right in his little ass. But I'm Campbell. Fuck you, Zoe. <laughs> maybe That's we'll, the other show one. That at, we'll show that at the end of the show. But, oh, man. Uh, we have come a long way. That was a one away tournament vid video. And also, last but not least, before we get into, like, an actual show, I do want to oh, say yeah. shout we, out. We have to get Mitch's thoughts. Shout out to, oh, yeah, Mitch, thoughts on the video. No, that's funny. Yes. Well, it's all like that that one photo like always showed up on like the NASCAR minute. And I was like, what the fuck is that from? Because like you guys would always be laughing and I never understood the reference. And now like the one said, context. Yeah. The future yeah. one, I forgot that I said his head looks like the tip of a penis. Um, a little tidbit. Sweaty Ken. Then, Sweaty Ken was good. And then last but not least, shout out to Pappy Hour. For he actually named the show. It was him who came up with the name. And also, shout out to my guy, Brian Macon, who's actually the creator of our theme song. So, theme song. do you remember hey, some of the other suggestions? It was like Black and Blue Balls. Yeah, Black and Blue Balls was the big one. People, <laughs> actually, uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was just bad. But, um, <laughs> I just before I mean we're we're laughing about it right now. I think that was the runner up. I, mean, I that was, that was, no, that was that's why I, I think remember. that was the runner up. That, that's the only that reason close. I remember it. It's close second. Wait, you decided I'm glad you guys made the right choice. Yes, black and blue balls was yeah. 
Um, so before we Cortez get out, would love it. Cortez would be happy with it, but <laughs> no, I don't even want to talk about that. But before <laughs> we get to the actual show about current baseball from the darkest depths of my heart, thank you everyone who's ever liked, subscribed, watched, comment, shared, interacted with anything with the show. Even the bots. Zero chance, especially the Russian sex bots. Yeah, the sex bots. There is zero chance that we are still doing this week in and week out without all of you. I really mean that. Even if you or some of you are complete fucktards, we love you and we really appreciate it. And hopefully we can keep doing this for you guys for a long time. I'm going to keep doing it as long as I'm still having fun. So hopefully like i told beefloaf earlier this week i'll probably be 50 and be a dumbass and be doing this shit still but yep that's when i'll do my my playgirl spread but let us get in to actual baseball unless you guys got anything you want to chime in before we start oh show's over all right um I want to get to I want to get to Mitch's. Yes, I'm very curious to hear about this. So, Tim Anderson has been struggling. It is no secret to any of White Sox fan. Now, there's been a lot of suggestions about what the White Sox to do about the situation. Tim actually sat down with local media and said, you know, he'd rather be figuring this shit out now in May so he can have a better long term run then have this happen later in the season, which, okay, you're not wrong. I'd kind of rather it just didn't happen, but you're not wrong. Uh, Me personally, I think the answer was to move him down in the lineup because I feel like a guy like Tim, that's what he's going to respond to. A benching he won't give a shit about. He'll find an angle there. It's moving him down in the lineup that is be more insulting to him, I think. Because you're forcing him to still play, but like bat eighth. Um, it's, it's a challenge to him. Like you're yes. challenging him, being like, "Hey, dude, you you've sucked." Yes, he's like, been very bad. Like, like you, very bad. You can't. You're hurting us. Yes, um, he did have an RBI single uh, in Wednesday's game versus the Guardians, <laughs> which. That's the that's the horrible because I think he's hitting below 250 overall for the season. Yes. So even so now every time he goes one for four. Is a batting hit, which goes up. Yep, he's batting 244 with a 283, 282, and then a 565 OPS, good for a negative 0.6 war. And Ooh. the thing that we've talked about a lot on the show is even when Luis Robert was struggling at the beginning of the year, the defense was still there. Tim is fucking up in the field too. So it makes it hurt even more. Um, I got a lot more thoughts on this, but... Mitch showed up to the show tonight very excited because he had his notes. He did some research. He put in the research, latex gloves, rubber cement. He put a B under some plastic. That's stepbrothers, Mitch. Um, And uh, he has some – I want to hear this, Mitch. Yeah. Well, you're going to be disappointed once you hear it. However, so, like, let me start with this – he has been bad. There is no defending that. But Tim Anderson is a guy that very much thrives on confidence. You can tell when he's playing with confidence, he needs to be playing with that like swag. And I feel like, like I said, the criticism is warranted. He's been bad. 
there is a section of the fan base for whatever reason is looking for a reason to criticize him. And as soon as there's any fall off, I think a lot of people jumped on him. And we have found over the years that Tim Anderson definitely has antennas out there. He hears a lot of this stuff. He was on a podcast before the season with Chuck Garfine where he was saying like, man, like, Fan base was being too negative last year. They weren't supporting us or whatever. And that's like, I think a lot of that affects him. Like he blocked Matt Crawford on Twitter because he started the mouth big thing. So like he hears a lot of the criticism. Like I think it gets to him. And I do not think he's playing with confidence right now. That's just speculation. Now, as far as in like when you watch in the last couple of years, he's been one of the best players in baseball. So I was listening to the Aju and Beeflo's brought up an interesting point. The way his style of play, only a few players in the MLB can do what he does. And I so I was thinking agree. about that, and like I was like, well, what makes him good? And the first thing that comes to mind is athleticism. But usually that goes with fielding, and as he's never been a great fielder. So I was like, hmm, there's got to be more to this. So I was digging through some of his numbers throughout the years. Well, what Beeflo's point was, he's like, he went to driveline this offseason. I think he thinks he's getting older he needs to start changing his approach. I was like, hmm, is there anything that pops out that shows he's changing his approach? So actually, after going to driveline, his hard hit percentage is the highest it's been in his career. When he makes contact, he is driving the ball pretty hard. His previous high was last year in 2021, but both of those years, like, not very good. So it's, hmm, that's weird. And also, his average exit velocity this year is the highest it's ever been. So I was like, that's puzzling. He's hitting the ball hard. It has nothing to do with that. I was also going down the line. His plate discipline has improved. His chase rate is the lowest it's been in his career. It's still above the MLB average, but still very low. He has the lowest walk rate of his career, and he has the second lowest strikeout rate of his career. The only time it was uh, uh, lower, I think it was 26, his rookie year or whatever, small sample size. So it was like, hmm, that's weird. His plate discipline has gotten better. He's hitting the ball just as hard, if not hard, as he ever has. Like, what's going What's going on? And then it occurred to me, I think, with the athleticism stuff, what made him great as a hitter? He could hit almost anything. He was aggressive at the plate. He would hit it to all fields. And it shows. his The year he had the highest chase rate, but also his highest strikeout rate, and his highest swing rate was 2019. I think he was the one year he had higher, I believe, um, his swing percentage. So, yeah, the, 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 his rookie year he had the higher swing percentage. But second highest was in 2019. But as far as his chase rate and all that was 2019, what's his high? So I think he's less aggressive at the plate. And because of that, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe it was a wrist injury for whatever, he's not being as aggressive in his approach. He has changed his approach somewhat at the plate. And I think that is hindering him because when he was great, he was a free swinger. He could hit anything aggressive early in the count and he could hit it to all sides of the field. So it's not really an explanation for why he's been bad, but like, I think it, it is very telling looking at the fact that he is swinging at less pitches right now. He's taking more walks, which is still not a lot, right. uh, but the numbers have gotten worse. So I, I think something in his head is like, maybe it's true. Maybe he's not. He's feeling the injury. He's not swinging as much. Maybe it's less confidence. I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. So they did um, on Wednesday's game, since it was at nine in the morning, uh, they did a really quick, side-by-side analysis of Tim's swing from last year or pre-injury to post-injury. And the biggest difference was his front leg kick. It's a lot higher now than it was before. 
uh, FIDS as our resident swing expert. What is a player trying to compensate for by making his leg kick higher? You're on mute. You're on mute. I remember my first being and I forgot to take it off. Five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I mean, you guys were such my fiance wishes she could use that button a lot. Um, I, it's, that's a timing mechanism. It's just, uh, you know, when you get the leg lift, the leg lift itself, it's that it's all of that's a timing mechanism. Cause you got to get your front foot down, obviously, as your as everything else starts kind of firing, um, through your, your swing. So, you know, some guys take, some guys usually, usually it's the reverse guys get rid of that because their timing is off, but some guys just feel it's kind of like opening up your front side a little bit more. You're just trying to do something that's going to a allow you to see the baseball as long as possible, but also at the same time, keep your timing, you know, somewhat controlled, you know, and again, there's comfort in routine. And so a lot of guys, it's, it's strange that he went to the leg lift. Uh, Cause again, that's adding noise to, you know, again, more movement could potentially lead to more uh, body movement, which if your head shakes, that means your eyes shake, which means the ball shakes. And so it makes it a lot more difficult to see it out of the hand. So, I mean, the, the timing, it, it, it seems to be a purely a timing mechanism. And again, the jury seems to be still out, but, you know, that's that's usually why someone would would alter, make that kind of a drastic change to their to their uh, that whole process. And Steve Stone seems to be of the train of thought that he's doing it to compensate for his knee injury. Like he's using it to not have to. I don't I would think that would put more pressure on a knee. Yeah, there's a lot of movement. Doing a, yeah, but a whole body weight. Either way, I'm going to ride with Tim's quote. I'd rather be figuring this shit out now than in later in the season. Uh, hopefully the RBI base hit he had today against the guardians can lead to something like Mitch mentioned, he is taking more walks and like my guy baloney here in the comments says he's starting, he's going to start mashing during the Yankee series in two weeks and we're all going to come all over ourselves. I got a towel uh, for that. You know, I, I would also point out that. we have been spoiled okay. by Tim McLean. Over the past yes. couple of years, it stands up. Even last year, which was bad, he still hit 301. And this guy, because like I said, like people love to jump, criticize him. Yep. He made the White Sox relevant. As much as I love Jose Brick, he's probably my favorite White Sox player of all time. Jose never did that. Mm-hmm. Tim Anderson got on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He got us in the national conversation with his bat flips. He was a cover athlete for RBI Baseball. I know, not not as good as the show. But still, no, after, I agree. <laughs> uh, like when the team was dog shit in 2019, people were talking about the White Sox because of Tim Anderson. So I would, I, yeah, I cut him a little bit more slack just because, you know, he does so much for this organization. He's done a lot for this team. And I think we've been spoiled a little bit. 100%. He's been more of a face for this team than anyone has been in a long time. Jose Abreu got the job done and was a leader in the locker room, but he's very soft-spoken. He magically forgot how to speak English when he didn't want to talk to the press. And it was that was it. Now, Tim, I'm going to put on my 40-year-old suburban dad hat because um, I know how these guys think. Tim is very outspoken. Tim is very flashy. Tim does photo shoots with rappers. Tim has a fashion thing, you know, all this stuff. Tim is a real dude. And I think that's why a lot of people on the South side loved him because Tim embodies a lot of who we are as a lifetime South side guy. Who's actually lived in the South side and doesn't put on a fake persona, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, Tim is like 
who we grew up with. I went to high school with Tim. You know what I mean? Like, not literally, but like with a hundred guys like Tim. And it's just TA embodies the South side with how he is. Now, if you're going to put yourself out there like Tim does, there's always going to be backlash. And as Missy said in the comments, people love to hate Tim. And that comes with the territory. And I think Tim handles that extremely well. I don't think he gets enough credit for how well he handles that. Because does he have some outbursts here and there? Fuck yeah. But, dude, you can only put so much pressure on a dam before it breaks, man. This guy catches it from all fucking angles. So the fact that he shows the restraint that he does gets high praise from me. And people like to focus on the little things here and there that tend to happen. Focus more on what doesn't happen. The man puts up with a boatload of shit on a daily basis. And he barely ever reacts, especially with all of this shit with his wife. And I get it. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying, like, if you think about it, Tim's a fucking pretty good pro. He's very good being a professional. I'm just, that's my viewpoint of what's going on, what Tim Anderson is to me on this team. I have, uh, I just have one last thing going back to the numbers. Uh, you were mentioning like the hard hit, which is good, absolutely. The more you hit the ball hard, uh, you should get better results eventually. But and I think Kevin, you'll remember this from like David Bode. David Bode was also another guy. You'd he like he would always rank high or near the top of the leaderboard for the Cubs for like average exit velocity and hard hit percentage. But he would hit the ball on the ground like too much. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm looking at the TA's ground ball numbers. And he has a 65.3% ground ball percentage. And that's up more than 10% from last year. He was at 53, 55% in 2021, 54% in 2020. So yeah, he, he, he has to start hitting more line drives. I mm-hmm. think maybe I'm wrong, but you know, a lot of your power comes from your legs. He had the groin injury and he's mm-hmm. had the issues with the lower body. So I think part of that could go into it but it's still interesting like his hard hit percentage 50 percent. his previous high was 42 percent, and he's also averaging 89 miles an hour for exit i'm I'm sure fids will agree you hit the ball hard it's eventually going to start finding holes it's a lot of averages all of averages well hit baseballs you're going to get a couple duck farts that are you know over the course of 162 everything balances out though too every hard hit ball you get that that someone snags there's also on the flip side of that coin a, a a, a blooper that should have been caught or, you know, a guy gets a late step and loses one. I mean, so it does balance out over the time, but if you're strafe, if you're strafing the baseball, you are going to find a lot more success than if you're, you know, if you have exit velocity, like, um, I don't know. Um, you know, what's his name? <laughs> Cubs just released. <laughs> Mar- I, mean, uh, I, I, I was going to use that example that, I mean, that's true. Yes. But if you still keep hitting the ball on the ground, 65, yeah. like two out of three times, you're not going to get better results. You're no, just you're not. Keep- yeah. But right. then again, because harder hit baseballs are going to travel and carry too. I will, I will, I will kind of counter that though too. Although it's much more difficult to field a ground ball than it is to catch a fly ball. So you might find yourself on base more, even if it's via error. But that doesn't really help your, you know, your your batting average sort of stats or your OBP. It just you know, it's still an out. But a hard hit baseball that you know skits by someone, it, that's a harder one to field than you know a routine fly ball that you hit in the air. So, but this is an air league. Um, I don't I mean, you hear all the hitting gurus talk, get the ball in the air, get the ball in the air, get the ball in the air. That's, that's it. If you're hitting the ball on the ground right now, you are contrary to what the game is, is currently in its current fad or state. So, so it is, it's what they want. 
So with the White Sox playing better right now, though, and like, and I think I mean we talked about it last week. He talked with Beef Love Zoe talking about TA, and I mean TA. The conversation about TA leading off has been a thing now for like, like a week, a couple weeks now. But the team is starting to play well. Do mm-hmm. you do you fear? I know we talked about it last week. How maybe if you if you're too dramatic with the change, you lose to Manderson. You don't want that. But yeah. do you do you like feel like even if it's just you move him to the middle of the lineup like five six, but like you don't want to ruin the good juju right now? Yep, yep. Sorry. Go ahead, Zoe. About before I say what I mean. yeah, I think it is approaching that area where it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it type shit. And the White Sox just won their third consecutive series. They're winning series against AL Central teams, which I know the division is shit. You don't have to remind me the division is shit. I know the division is shit. Hey, but you know the division shit? I do. And oh all the White Sox have to do is, true. <laughs> is win that shit division. And the way you win that shit division is by beating divisional teams. And that's what the White Sox are doing right now. But I'm, yeah, I'm almost approaching if it ain't broke, don't fix it territory. And I think you just keep letting Tim swing through this. And no, and first time is the division shit sort of what like the white Sox are shit we're just hoping they're the least every team in this division all we need is to get in the dance because it's not like the nba well i guess the heat bad example this year but usually like an eight seed has no chance mlb like if you're in the dance you got a shot so um as far as tim goes i think actually you made a good point earlier though like that's kind of like one of the few things that would get his attention is moving him down in the lineup. However, as I alluded to earlier, he is all about confidence, and it makes no sense for me. If you're going to move him down, which I think at first I was like, hmm, I'm like that's not a bad idea. That would get his attention. But where are you moving him down to? Because other than second in the order, which I don't think is making a huge difference because you're getting the same amount of at-bats usually, uh, there's really not a good spot. You're not going to bat him clean up. And I think down in ninth, Tim Anderson, who's a big confidence guy, or anything below sixth in the order, would – be you know it would not be good psychologically for him moving anywhere down to like seven eight nine in the order even if it would make sense and i think you need tim playing with confidence if you want him to get back to that high all-star level yeah i'm and i mean they're they're starting to get production out of guys that they haven't gotten production from from the whole season because whatever missy said to Romy and his dms seem to fire that boy up because he's starting to make talk about a guy that makes hard contact when Romy actually does put bad to ball he barrels that fucking thing. It's just I don't big... overreact from one good week, though, because he's seen a lot. No, but I'm going off of his minor league shit too. Like, look at his exit velocity. It's he's one of those. He hits the shit out of the ball or he misses. You know what I mean? And this week he hit the shit out of the ball, so that worked out. But I don't want to jump too much around. But speaking of shortstops, on the other side of town, Fids, your boy Nico had a night, and I never realized it until. Someone pointed out on Twitter. I got to find the video. Nico runs like Captain America. <laughs> like full, like 90 degree <laughs> arms, like pumped, like Terminator style. I have to find it. Hold on. You talk about Nico. I'm finding he's, this video. He's Captain Cup. He's, he's Captain Cup. He's a fundamentally sound baseball player. He runs properly. Captain America runs properly. So does Nico Horner. It's not some weird. He's got perfect body control. I mean, if watch some, watch some of those track stars run. Watch how they run. They're upright. They're not leaning forward. They're they're running like they're like the, the road runner. Like their legs are spinning and their body is nice and parallel. Feels um, so good to have a solid second on. baseman. Oh, 
Man. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> great defense in the middle in general. Watch. This is Dansby. The other way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at that, dude. On your left. On your left. And he's breathing, too. He's breathing. He's doing that, like, look at his face, too. He's doing the... Like, down there at the kids table. Slice the other way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, he's fast. He's huffing. Ah. That's funny. And I, shit. I think I'm I think Nico Horner has the highest uh, sprint speed on the on the cups. That shit was funny as fuck. It's weird. I always thought it was just Fids being uh, a blowhard, but no, Nico Horn probably the best shortstop in Chicago right now. Right Look now, the current moment. Clip that shit, all though. Look at the bullying. Current moment. <laughs> he spares no expense. He's like Richard Attenborough. For God's sake. Wednesday, uh, the twenty fourth, Nico Horner is the best shortstop in Chicago. Um, breaking moves. Kyle Hendricks is pitching tomorrow. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Speaking of Jurassic Park and, and Nick must <laughs> I thought he was gonna go Friday. All right. Oh, all wait right. a minute. We have our uh our resident track coach chiming in here. Uh Luke, I'd love to hear your analysis of Nico Horner's running style. Good frontside backside mechanics. Don't know what now, the fuck that means. I've ran maybe six times in my life, so I have no no nowhere to talk anything about running. I did track in middle school and I hated Whoa. it. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, but you know, I'd it'd be interested in a serious question. I want to sound like a smart ass, is you know, what a track coach actually does to coach because like what are you gonna say? Like run faster? Like I would like a breakdown, like and this is like this is actually like you know what what the what what makes a good track coach. <laughs> I will. I know you're uncrustable. I know it's Doris Flexion. Yeah, let me go ahead and uh, let me go yeah, ahead. What the hell do you even do? Like on a surface level, you hear like track coach, and he's like, Well, what you let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and you can go ahead and stop digging up right now. I'll fix it for you, Luke. What he's asking is during the course of your season, what are some of the things you work with? your kids on how do you make kids better runners yeah that's a good question for someone that asks questions every day for a living that that's how i should technique and training meet day and there's minimal there's minimal coaching when they're actually in their meet like it's like a baseball coach yeah you let them go go. i mean what Uh, what is he gonna say like what's he gonna say fucking run dude like that's during the meet like a pitcher throw strikes duh yeah he does not be trashing on you being a track coach no i know i know you were and i like the track coaches out there but he's even bullying Luke on the show, for God's sakes. Like, he, this again. Just catch, yeah. He's just catching I didn't even do it this time, Mitch. I didn't I do it this time. I did not do it this time. But like Cuba Gooding Jr. I get what Luke's saying. So when they're practicing, they're working on technique and training and, you know, probably they're breathing and shit and all that fun stuff. And then on the day of their actual track meets, it's mental preparation and getting them in the zone. But when they're actually running, I don't think the track coach does much. That's when Luke goes to the bar. That's when Luke <laughs> drinks out of his special water bottle. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> see you guys in 40. 
Like my understanding was the track coaches get the best steroids. That's what, and then that's how you get your team to win. We don't get the best uncrustables is what they get. We don't talk about that, you fucking narc. Hey, uh, hey. But the breathing technique reminded me of one time at health class, and they had to stop doing it whoa, because of this whoa. incident. No, this like when you were climbing the rope in gym class, and you got no. excited. No, they had a thing about like how smoking is bad for you, right? Like you're like, oh, like don't Thanks, like to teach us like that. They had us like run a mile, and then they gave us those little like coffee straws, like stirring ones, like like the tiny like black ones. And they're like, all right, you have to like breathe through this straw after. So everyone's out of breath, and like you're trying to breathe through the straw, and there's like three people that like passed out. And they're like, this is what your lungs are gonna be like if you smoke. And they had to stop because like three people fainted. It was kind of funny. Yeah. So that's I, yeah, I definitely that was, missed that class. That was horrible. Um, so yeah, but Nico Horner runs like Captain America. That was a good twenty minute yeah, segment on that. Uh, the other thing that I want to bring up about the White Sox is so, and the Cubs guys can talk about this too because it's their ex. White Sox called up Clint Frazier. Now, if you had that on your White Sox twenty twenty three season bingo card, good for you because they called up Clint Frazier. Now, not a bad start for Clint in this call up. He's taken walks. He's had a couple good hits. He had one funny-ass play in the outfield, but he also had an outfield assist today. Speed, swiping some bags? Yeah, stole some bags. You know, three walks out of 10 at-bats. Like, that's for the White Sox. That's unheard of. But um, they brought up an interesting point on the broadcast where they were talking about how someone told Jason that it has finally dawned on Clint that this might be his last shot. Ooh. And he has kind of changed his focus and approach towards the game since that realization has set in. Now, that makes sense. What also I think, and again, this is just a couple games. I'm not trying to get too in the weeds here. But it seems like every year for the past couple years, Han has pulled a free agent out of his ass. You know, Johnny Cueto, like, you know what I'm talking about? Could it be Clint Frazier this year? Bargain bin shopping, baby. I think who else could it be right now? No, not to completely shit on him because when the Cubs signed him last year, I'm like, oh, he had like a decent little mini run with the Yankees. Like it was like half a season's worth. And then he had like a whole bunch of injury stuff, like vision or like migraine stuff, vertigo. I think he suffered through, which is sounds awful. Uh, And he, 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 I mean, he sh- he showed it in the minor leagues before uh, the Sox called him up. He hits the ball hard. Uh, his hard hit percentage is up. But at the same time, there's just not that long track record of success. Oh, like I even do. Johnny Cueto was like, yeah, you know, it's a veteran guy who was like a Cy Young pitcher, caliber type pitcher. Elvis Andrews was like a consistent infielder who, you know, he struggled on offense, but at least, you know, he was like a ten year guy. Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier, this reminds me of just like, I mean, Adam, uh, what was it? Adam uh, Heasley? Hazley had a good week. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And this is a good point by Josh Lopez in the comments. Middleton. Middleton's been solid in the Mid- bullpen. Middleton's that's, been the, yeah. that one's been the one that just came out earlier. It's like, yeah. All right. But I do want to point out that in Clint Frazier's 10 at bats, the three walks he's taken has tied him for ninth most on this team. <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. Uh, that's Dead the thing. I still think like he could be good, but like like you said, it's been a couple games. But you know, check in in a couple weeks and see what he does. For because Gavin Sheets, so it looks like he's going to be the right fielder now. 
uh, who cannot hit lefties, Clint Frazier's your guy with a lefty starter at the bottom. I think that's fair. I mean, believe me, I thought it was funny when they called him up. I was like, okay, coach. Like, there we go. This is a very – and he's proven me wrong, and there's some guys on Twitter that dunk on me every time he does something good, which that's fine. I'll, I'll wear that. I mean, the it was big Clint thing, Frazier. The big thing with Clint Frazier, I think he was going through a little identity crisis last year. He changed his name. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. He went to Jackson Frazier for a little bit, and then he, he – <laughs> I think he was still with the Cubs in the in uh, AAA Iowa. Oh, I forgot about all – And he changed his name from Clint Frazier to yep. Jackson Frazier, and then he was, like, terrible for, like, yes. two weeks. Yeah, I think Jackson he got Frazier released. sucked. I think he changed he his name to a symbol like Prince. And then he yeah. went back to – Jackson Frazier sucked. He Jackson Frazier, Frazier bad. bad. And yeah. this is why, like, you know <laughs> – I forgot all about that. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, that was – I didn't know if he was still because I had to write an article when he got called up. And like it occurred to me after I published it, I'm like, wait, does he go by Jackson still? So I had to go back. (laughs) That's valid. I had no idea. And also, Maddie mentioned the comments. Also, very loyal watcher. Thanks, Maddie. Uh, Gregory Santos, been pretty good too, out of the pen as one of his bargain bin free agents that's hitting. I think the the biggest name change that still has been like decent has been uh, Giancarlo Stan. Yeah, what was his name? What was his? I think it was just wasn't he like Michael? He was yeah, just Michael Stanton. Yeah. Mike was like Stanton. Mike Stanton from Wait, that's Florida. the same person. Yeah, yeah. Mike Stanton from Florida. Mike Stanton. Oh, I was eight years old. Yeah. Now he's Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo. See, Giancarlo oh. gets the three hundred million dollar deal. Mike Stanton. Mike Stanton is still in AAA for the Marlins. <laughs> Giancarlo is fucking hitting nukes all over New York. Perplexed. Shocked even. Though for like when the Sox called up, because like a lot of these minor league outfits they called up, it's all these like washed veterans, like weren't hitting all that great in Triple A. Frazier was raking in Triple A when they called him up. He very much earned that promotion. I was like, okay. Like, oh yes, that I agree with. Oh, I just remember, wasn't Yolmer Sanchez uh, Carlos Sanchez? Yes, uh, I had his rookie card for one of my first Sox there, and it was like a Carlos Sanchez get... card that signed. I'm not even gonna lie; I still get triggered when people like jokingly were like, "Bring back Yomer." He Yomer fucking sucked. I think that was, I think. Do you remember when he won a Gold Glove, and that was the year everyone was crashing <laughs> him because the first two weeks of the season he made like three comically bad errors. Like it was like a drop pop up, like Bill Buckner to ground ball. And everyone's like, "This guy sucks," and then he won the Gold Glove that year. Do you guys remember when Dennis Ray Boyd changed his name to Oil Can? That was cool. Uh, yeah, this is Herb digging deep. My guy Herb. Mm. Austin Carmona, a.k.a. Roberto Hernandez. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, Guardians pitcher. That is, whew, that's a deep pull there, Herb. See, we got uh, I know Yomer won a gold glove, everyone. I know he won a – what did he hit the year he won a gold glove? I think it was like 186. He hit people oh, with ice hats, though, on walk-offs, and it was fun. Yeah, he danced with yeah, a Gatorade like, jug over his head. Back, running yes. down the baseline with a Gatorade cooler. Yes. So okay. Zach Britton, by the way, changed his name, but only the spelling. He went from C-H to C-K. Is that why no one signed him yet? Yes. <laughs> Felipe, <laughs> Felipe Rivero went to Felipe Vasquez. BJ Upton changed his name to Melvin Upton Jr. Oh, that's what? that's when I remember. He, yeah. he actually, like, as an adult, changed his name to Melvin? Yeah. Uh, J.R. I mean, Murphy. Come on, Zoe. There's no way you want to go around and call BJ. There's Mike Stanton, yeah. 
uh, Fausto. Smelly Melly. Melvin. Carlo Matias changed it to Carlos Martinez. Oh, what? Just <laughs> yeah. Kendry Morales changed his to Kendry's Morales. All right, these are like ticky tack bullshit. I think I have another one. The, the White Sox. I remember writing up. What did you Cubs Google for when the White time. Sox signed the guy from Cuba, uh, Cespedes? It was either Yoelki or Yoelkis. Yeah, and he had like yep. two different spellings too, and yeah. no one knew what the hell it was. Yeah, he was that just is keeping the authorities what? on their toes because he was defecting. <laughs> he didn't want them to fucking know what was going on. He, he like wore glasses. He's like, no, I'm mustache. the I'm Yoelki. Yeah. I don't know who you're he looking wore, for. Like, oh, I got a mustache. Do you guys uh, remember when Luis Robert changed his name from Luis Robert? Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, that's and this right on time. Our guy Healy. Remember when Miguel Tejada's last name changed a little after getting caught for being the wrong age? <laughs> that's what they do, man. <laughs> Stick and move, man. Stick and move. You gotta just change that name. But jo- wait, yeah, Joey Albert Bell. Albert Bell used to be Joey Bell. Joe, he, he changed it to Jazz. Yeah, oh, Joey Bell never got out of a single A. Joey Bell That's does not Joe seem C. like a guy that'll just destroy a second base. Joey Bell. Joey Bell is like a career 210 hitter and like people from Missouri like how he plays. I didn't I never knew Albert <laughs> Bell went by a different name. So his middle name is actually Joshua. So Joey is his must be Joey. He was Joshua known as all of fame. He was known as Joey Bell until 1990. I've seen a movie it. on certain websites with a guy named Joe Schwan. It might have been Joe Schwan. Schwan. <laughs> Obviously, I'll stop. But oh my god, that reminds me. Joey Bell. This guy nope, in the office never knew that. goes like, "It's like I heard Canada has like really good like snacks," and the other guy's like, "Yeah, they got like poon tang up there." He's like, "No." Definitely. <laughs> 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 Yep. <laughs> yep. Pootie Tang. Like Pune, Pune Curry. Pootie Tang. Um, the other Cubs guy, though, that I want to let you two gush over because he deserves to be gushed over. Look how quick Mitch leaves the room when I talk to him. Allergic Cubs. Ooh. Christopher Morrell has been a goddamn man on fire. For those of you that play MLB The Show, he's currently boosted to a 99 overall. Uh, he deserves it. Uh, what's his home run streak at? It ended, unfortunately. He only hit a uh, home run five games in a row. Bum. Bum. Nine home runs in 12 games. In, <laughs> in his 53 at-bats right now, he has, as Aldo mentioned, nine home runs, and he's slashing 358, 393, 925 with an OPS of 1.317. Good enough for a positive one war. Morales here for the rest of the year, huh? He's been doing this in the minors too. This is the thing. It literally, he had the highest, was it highest OPS of any player in all of professional baseball? It hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. Like he's just, they haven't he's figured him out yet. Before, before, uh, so entering tonight's game, I think, by the way, we need to stop uh, propping these guys up because I think we barely talked about him last week and he went on another run. Uh, no, I don't think he I got a hit tonight. Doing. But that's fine. But I didn't ever drop like nothing. <laughs> but I I was doing the because it, it, it was incredible. It was a uh, it was fifty two plate appearances uh, after his ninth home run, and I was looking back at Barry Bonds's twenty oh one season when he hit seventy three. He had six hundred sixty four plate appearances that season. So I did the math. Like, what would Morales at this rate if he gets a, if he got to six hundred sixty four plate appearances? How many home runs would we be on pace for? One hundred and fifteen. He's averaging. He was averaging 
a home run every like eight at bat. No, every five and a half at bats, he was averaging a home run. Like I mean, it was insane. It's one of the most insane runs. Like for Cubs fans, it was literally insane. Sosa in '98. For you know MLB fans, it was it was Mike Schmidt in '76, and then Luis Gonzalez in 2001. Nine guess, home runs in their first 12 games. My question, though, for Cubs fans, similar, it's not really that similar, but kind of similar to where the Southsiders are asking the question, where does Jake Berger go when Aloy gets back? Where does Morel go when Belly's back? DH and third DH. base. Yep. He, oh, I didn't know he could play third base. Okay. Not well. <laughs> that's, that's the, yeah, that's the thing. Cause like the whole, the whole, all right, the Cubs are going to send Morel to, they're going to start him off in the minor leagues this year was going to be like, oh, okay, like they're going to give him more time to develop at third base because yeah, he was shaky uh, last year when he was there. Because he, 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 he was playing all over, like second outfield, third, uh, a couple starts at short. But if you look at the Cubs roster, it's like, well, Patrick Wisdom, flawed player. He's not an everyday player. Nick Madrigal, the same thing. He's not an everyday player. So as fans were thinking, all right, Morel's going to go down AAA. He's going to work on the defense, and hopefully he at least gets to, you know, respectable. He's at least average because you want the bat. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the numbers, like he barely played third base. He was playing second base and then the outfield. And it's like, well, what was the plan there? Now, you need the bat. It, you need him. So at the bare minimum, it's DH. Yeah. Because you already have Matt Mervis is starting to get hot. He's at first base. That's set. And then the only other guy is just like Trey Mancini. But oh, I do Mitch. want I do want more. <laughs> I do want Trey. Morel at third base. My boy Trey. Well, I know you guys don't. Because, you guys aren't big fans of Patrick Wisdom right now. You know, and like that's the thing. Patrick Wisdom's—he's in a his huge slump. It's shocking. No, I, I don't <laughs> hate him. I, I just don't think he—he's. He, haven't hated him when Patrick Wisdom was like still doing good. So imagine I, now. I problem with his inconsistency and look at looky looky. He's, he's exactly wisdom, what I said he was. So, he's a wisdom he, hipster. He hates you know, it before you know it was the, cool. You know what the crazy <laughs> part about the cap. Patrick Wisdom is hitting like 170 in May. I think mm-hmm. his on base percentage is 100 points higher than Nick Madrigal. That's what really sucks is that Nick Madrigal was supposed to be the complimentary piece. Yeah, it's like, all right, make... when well, wisdom sucks, you put in Madrigal at third base and he should be able to get some contact at least, you know, hit <laughs> hit in the 280s, 290s. In Madrigal's point, defense, though, he has two more RBIs and two more runs scored than Patrick Wisdom does. I don't I don't know much about the situation. But that's bad. Matty Mitch in the comments says wisdom matches lefties. Yep. Just let him play against lefties. That's, yeah, that, we that's said it on the show. Face lefties, non-power pitchers. He actually he gets beat by power pitchers. Oh, if you put him in a, a, a position to succeed, you, he can play a hundred games and still hit thirty-five homers because yeah. you're not. Th- his confidence will be off the charts. He's just he he gets beat now again. Pinch hitting him in the ninth when you need a home run, you're gonna have to wear it and just gamble that maybe he'll walk into one against a power pitcher. That's fine, but uh, you know you look at Patrick Wisdom. I mean, he was he in in the month of May. He is currently. I mean, th- this is th- again. This is why I, I, I I'm not a I'm not trying to shit on him. I just he he is what he is, and I, we, you know it, he's what he he's what we've been saying he is the whole time. A guy that shows up one day has a massive game, disappears. Stop, Justin Roman. Um, the uh, because Justin Roman does think I hate him. Um, it's, it's mostly because he texts me every time he hits a home run, so I haven't really heard from him all month. But he's hitting 163 in the month. He's got a 293 on base percentage, a 327 slugging. Um, he has driven in three runs in the entire month of May. The one redeeming thing about Patrick Wisdom is this year he is having his best career year taking walks. 
Um, and that's not going to pay dividends because he's a guy that's a bopper, but he usually comes out really hot. May and June, he usually mashes and usually cools off at the end of June. This is good. He's already cold. Like this is, this is the, he, again, the league adjusts pretty fast, but usually it takes a month or two. Is he talking about wisdom? Oh, you know, he strikes out a lot. Yeah. He has his strikeouts, total. He has because Madrigal's base running blunders make me smile. Oh, did some, can someone please, for our five year anniversary gift, can someone please send me a gif that I can play on loop of Madrigal running through that stop sign at third? And getting tagged at home. I'm sorry. I just think it's because his little ass is his arms are like flying when he rounds third, and the, you could see clear as day. He's getting the stop sign. You guys he remember watching the? Going. Did you guys watch the Captain America show? Uh, Captain America Plus? references tonight. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm here for it. So, so like in just base running wise, you know, it was Nico Horner is like the real Captain America, and then Nick Madrigal is the other guy who was supposed to be the replacement. <laughs> fake who was Captain America, fake Captain America, base running. That's that's what Wyatt, it was. Wyatt, Wyatt, uh, what's his yeah. name? What's <laughs> the name, son? <laughs> that's that's who those guys are. Russell's son, Wyatt Russell. <laughs> yeah, so he's got a 63 strikeouts and 141 plate appearances, by the way, with wisdom. Um, so magical doesn't strike out a lot, but again, those they're just both bad. Let's, let's be honest. They're 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 Neither of them are consistent options on an everyday basis. Yep. And, and so if you, you know, if you have to forfeit a little bit of defense, you already got a, a top tier middle for the Cubs, especially when Bellinger comes back, maybe you sacrifice a little bit of third and hope that a guy like Morel figures it out. But, uh, he's got to get close. Nick magical. Who I that's like. Rick, that's too. Rick. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Stop. Yep. He's so, and so and here's the thing is why too Willie had to get out of these like ah you know what? Oh my see, god, that's someone so just I don't think he's fake Captain America, although he's Modoc to me. He's Modoc. I, I magical is Modoc. Um he's a little baby legs and he you know he he sometimes gets go. out of his head and, and makes that's decisions true. that he shouldn't make. But the two of those put together equals uh not great third base. And again, Patrick wisdom is a position, a, a platoon guy, totally fine against lefties. Go for it. He'll, he'll rake. Doesn't matter, but you need something more than that. To, if you're going to be consistent, because again, you can't have a guy that has one really good game, goes out there, hits, you know, goes three for five. It's two jacks drives in five on Monday and then goes over, 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 and then has one oh, big game again. Oh, you can't oh. consistently score. Yeah, he's putting on his O face 90% of the time, but he has these massive games, and then everybody, oh, Patrick Wisdom is back, and he might have like a two-day stretch where he's really good, and then back to the Ofer, Ofer, Ofer. You know, with Magical, it's not an Ofer so much as it's just like, you know, we no, it is. Not, it is. No, I mean, it is. <laughs> it is, but it's it's also like he doesn't, he can't even at least walk into something and leave the yard. So like his is his makes his That's even bad. worse is if he walks into something, it's a routine pop up to the shortstop. Um, and so this is this is how bad it's getting, guys. Uh, for the former uh, diehard Nick Magical fans on the south side, yep. Guys like Miles Mastroboni, who you guys have not heard of. I know love you that last name though. Uh, and and Mike Talkman are moving up on the depth chart uh, ahead of Nick Madrigal. Like tonight, uh, Cubs are facing right-handed pitcher Kodai Senga, who would still wish the Cubs would sign. Power guy, you know, throws 95 and up, has all 27 pitches or whatever. But who do the Cubs play at third base? They sat they sat Patrick Wisdom. He's slumping. He needs the days off. And again, it's a terrible matchup, which that's what they should do. 
put the guys in uh, positions to succeed. So wisdom sits, but who starts at third base? It's not Nick Madrigal. It's Miles Mastroboni. So Mastroboni. So Kyle Hendricks. No better. So Kyle Hendricks is coming up. Uh, so he's going to pitch the series finale against the Mets. Cubs obviously have to do a roster move. I mean, we talked about it last week. If I don't know what Nick Magical does on this team. I I don't know I'm, how he helps. I'm not being the funny playing, or whatever. Mastro, I don't Mastro's, understand why he's still on that team. I really hey, look, his replacement tonight, Mastro's got a 508 OPS and hitting 167. So even they're, they're replacing shit with, with shit. more shit. Like it's it's that's just the White it's, Sox way, dude. It's just lots that's, of poop. That's everywhere. what third base has become for it that. Really third base is, is, welcome back to our lifetime as a Cub. Well, fan, fan. I heard of this is normal for the Cubs to not have a good third baseman. Our entire they had a good one. They've had three in in my you know not not even in my lifetime. I wasn't alive for for you know, Ron Santo, but it was like the Cubs. It was like the Bears quarterback position. It, you, you you don't have one ever. And the Cubs had a pretty good. Pretty pretty good MVP third baseman. Now they don't. Like now we're back playing this game again. We're gonna go back to Mike Olt and you know. Uh, well, now it's gonna be hopefully Murrah. Hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, question: Who was trying to tell me that Oscar Colas has been destroying balls in minor league? Because he had a bomb, and like that clip was all over Twitter. So I do remember. I do remember looking up his numbers. His last after his last fifteen games, he's slashing one forty two oh eight one sixty three. Oh. Well, that's nice. Yeah, his last thirty games, which has the one home run in it, because he's hit one home run in his last thirty games. No. He's slashing two eleven two sixty five two seventy six. He's not coming back anytime no, soon. No, everyone sees that one clip of him hitting a bomb off the bowl. Like, yeah. Get, well, that's, that's why Clint Frazier got that call up. Do you know quick. what just flashed in front of my eyes? Well, do you remember like you Eight. said earlier, Rick Hahn has hit on some of the random pre-agent signings. Yes. You know, last year it was Elvis Andrews. And what happened in the offseason? White Sox needed to address second base. They didn't. So they just went back to Elvis Andrews. What if Clint Frazier does end up having a pretty oh, solid no. Oh, what if Clint Frazier just comes out of nowhere and Rick Hahn's like, hey, guys, I did it. I figured out right field. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> we did it. We did it. No, Mission no, because that's the thing. Like, he has had a lot of concussion issues and injury problems. So, like, he I, does, and he's, I think he's only, what is he, like 28 maybe? 27, 28? Who? Still young, Frazier. prospect. Where Elvis, we knew he'd been bad. He'd been bad for a full season. He was bad for a while at the plate, and he had a couple good months with the Sox. Everyone knew it was kind of a, a charade. So, I could talk myself into it. I don't think it would be a good sign. Oh, yeah, we're Sox fans. We could talk ourselves into yeah. anything. But yeah, uh, for all the struggles at second base for the White Sox to the point where I'm recommending a guy with two torn ligaments play second base and so is the uh, manager <laughs> Ooh. As, sorry as anyone else... news. we have a trade in our fantasy league oh yeah uh, Ellie Mike bombs Trout. is trading max freed and mike trout to no limit records for bryce harper tony gonsolin and byron buxton other way around but yeah thank you for that buster oh. Back yep. um i'm not excited i'm in like no hurry for elvis andrews to come back he was bad and I mean, especially now with with Romy actually starting to hit a little bit. I know it's been three games. I get it. I know you guys like to shit on my parade here, but maybe Romy catches fire for a little bit, 
and we roll, you know, because uh, I, I told you guys during the offseason. Uh, well, you can't trade Romy. You no, sealed. Uh, you showing everyone uh, what we projected uh, for Romy during the offseason. You know, we had a lot of teams calling about them. But Charlotte, Double uh, A Birmingham, uh, even the Canapolis. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they all wanted Romy in that locker room. We said no. The Chicago hot dogs uh, called us a couple times. Atlanta bananas. <laughs> yeah, they call us. Dro- drove Rome by too. the uh, drove by the Chicago hot dog stadium today, coming from O'Hare. Savannah bananas offered us the ten uh, day contract of Johnny Damon. Yeah, from uh, Missy Carroll. Uh, this season really started to turn around. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was a show that talked about how Elvis was probably going to be cheeks this year because he was going to regress to his mean. That was us. And yeah, all right, let's go. Hey, we we will harp on that for the next fucking four months of this season that we got. I hope Elvis, I people need to know that I hold this incredible power where I shit on guys on this show and they Joe Kelly, the whole White Sox bullpen for the most part. You're Kendall welcome. Graveman? Yeah, that's why I said a whole bullpen. I still don't trust Kendall Graveman. Especially now with the new haircut, he looks like a three-card money dealer. Like I don't, I don't fuck with Kendall Graveman, not at all. Like it's fine. Like I'm glad he's doing well. Obviously, I'm glad he's doing well because I will never not root for the Sox. And Mitch, we do need to address that too. We do need to address. But that. I mean, I still don't trust Joe Kelly. But Middleton's been good. Santos has been good. Joe Kelly's been. I think he got a fucking time machine because. He's throwing, like I said, he's throwing a 92-mile-an-hour knuckle curve. Fuck you if you think you're hitting that. You're, he's just throwing nasty stuff. Uh, Garrett Crochet still seems to be on a three-batter limit, but oh. he looks pretty good. Did you just jizz your pants or something? Florida just scored the game-winning goal with 3.5 seconds or something like that left in the game and the um, hockey. Fitz, don't you got to go watch Vanderpump, bro? three. I was gonna say though, you know, real ones know that whenever Zoe wants to make someone, uh, I guess, jinx someone with the show, you're gonna hear this. What am I listening to? I didn't. Can I'm, you hear I'm very lost right now. I can't hear. Whenever you pee on someone on the show, they go off. So. Just, oh, I'm here. I thought I was hearing sand. I was like, I'm not that old, dude. Uh, hold on. You hear that? I've been. The challenge flag has been thrown. Mr. Beefloaf says, are you sure you're looking at the right side? So call us a session 311, 381, 473. Yeah, that's what I thought. I am could be looking at the wrong. I'm looking right here. Hold on. I'm going to share my screen. Well, maybe, uh, maybe he was just on his fire his first two weeks, and then he's been bad the last two weeks. I'll zoom in on the thing, too, because I know you can't see it when I share my screen like that. Hold on. Whoa. Too much. Zoom back a little bit. Yeah, look, that, that, look. Oh, hey, All right, so this is him. Look at him. He looks nice in his little Charlotte uniform. Going down. Last seven games. 150, 182, oh, 200. Well, I mean, how, that's only seven games. Now, well, okay. last 30, though, too. Last 30 games. 211, 265, 276. Right off to a hot start? <laughs> so, I could... I. Yeah, I mean, 2023 MLB stats, he's hitting 311, 381, and that's in 74 at-bats. So, in the last, I guess he only had 16 at-bats in the last 30 games, but I was looking at this when I was talking about him being cheeks. I didn't look up here at his... So, in the last 10 days, I'm looking at his game log. 
Yeah. In the last 10 days, his slash line went from 429, 468, 714 down to 311, 381, 471. He has been. Yeah. So this is his – I'm looking at his MLB page too, Josh. So this is all his Charlotte night game. That's like when Matt or uh, John Fox threw the challenge flag and won the challenge. They lost the ball because like fumble was out for safety. (laughs) You were right. You were right. And now you lost the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're both winners there. Yeah. Um, But ultimately everyone's a loser. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, I, God, do I want that kid to be what I think he could be, but I just saw his last. Well, see, that's what games. happens. Yeah, that is the coin side, and like where I I know that we've been talking about the if Matt Mervis should have been on the team or not for the Cubs in the beginning, but that that is the flip side of what could have gone wrong. Where if the guy, if you would have just taken a guy like well, it was different though. Mervis was already Triple A, but Colas did go like pretty much from Double A, straight to the big leagues without much Triple A experience. And who knows how much that like impacted him, or if he just felt more pressure. But so the question's been yeah, the question's been raised about Colas, cheeks or no cheeks. I think the jury's still out on the cheeks. I'm not. I'm not at a point where I'm willing to deem him cheeks. Hmm. I'm. I gotta see. First of all, I gotta see if he makes his way back to the MLB, which I really think he will. You know what? The the cheeks are closed right now. You don't know what you're getting. They're uh, we're, we're clenched cheeks. They're clenched cheeks, yeah. <laughs> my wife just told me she's going to watch the Vanderpump reunion feds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just got my push notice for the uh calendar. Yay, you're so, really trying to kick feds off the show. No, I'm just trying, I don't want to be late. Right, so, no, no, I'm waiting for the uh, the uh, hey, uh, yeah, who, who am I not supposed to like? Oh, yeah, so here, feds, real quick, Sandoval, right? Sandoval, Tom, Tam, Tam. Tom Sandoval is a complete D-bag. We don't like Tom. We hate Tom Sandoval. He cheated on his girl with Raquel. Raquel used to be engaged to the... uh, No. Her real name is Rachel. She changed it to Raquel to be more Hollywood. Uh, She was engaged to DJ James Kennedy, who's a complete punk, but he's actually kind of really funny. He's he's one of those guys that loves to do the the hold me back type shit. He used to fuck with this dude named Jax, but he knew Jax was on probation and couldn't hit him. So he'd be like, what are you going to do, fat boy? You can't hit me. And he'd just be a tough guy then. And then he's a tough guy on shows when he gets held back. But anyways, Raquel broke up with DJ Kennedy. And then she was hooking up with Sandoval on the side. But Sandoval was with his girl, Ariana, and they were all in love. And that was like a main character on the show. And so no one knew about this. So then Tom Sandoval's best friend is Tom schwartz and schwartz is like the nicest guy in the world and so he tried to jump on the grenade for his buddy and was like no i'm the one hooking up with raquel and then it came out that that yeah he and so then it came out because he just got divorced from this chick named katie we don't like katie and she just kind of sucks and so he got divorced from her and sandoval was the one that was banging raquel the whole time came big news cover rolling stone like news, like it was all over the damn place. Now Raquel's gone into hiding. Sandoval's getting jail bitched on these reunion shows, and it's all gone to shit. So there you go, Fitz. I got so, you. you know, I, I actually now I feel a little bit better because the same exact thing happened to me 
uh, with you explaining all of that, that when Carrie tries to explain it, uh, my eyes glass over and I, I have literally learned nothing. I, I just gave you the breakdown right there. I, yeah. I watched the show. I mean, I gave you that was probably the most comprehensive breakdown you're going to get. There's yeah. a lot more to it that I left That's, out. I don't like I'll it. be at the bar. Because we left out when the one girl was on the show in New York and then the news broke. She was on the show with Raquel and then the news broke and they went into an alien. This girl fucking jacked her in the face because she was so pissed that she was banging Andriana's man, Tom Sandoval. Huh. So Tom Sandoval's tapping that ass. Yeah. How so, How bottom, is their defense, though? Are they, they have good hands? Um, do they... No. Uh, is there San- lateral, okay, is here, there lateral here. movement? Are they sports? able to... You, you want to do sports? First first do sports. Good? Sandoval currently is the Trevor Bauer. Nick, Nick Madrigal of the show. Like, oh. no one knows why he's Ooh. still there because he's a complete dickhead. He's really short. Yeah. He's terrible runner. He's actually short too. And he, he, he loves he runs a lot of stop signs in his Mercedes. He's so obsessed with being extra. Like, he's that guy that shows up to the party where you're just like, what are you fucking doing, dude? We're sitting here drinking Bush Light. And he like shows up with like, overdressed like he just sucks dude the guy just sucks overall he's in a shitty cover band that played at bourbon street fucking sucks guy sucks i don't give a fuck i think this shit's entertaining as fuck but yeah this shit's funny so there you go if you need a cheat sheet while you're at your event just text me yeah yeah, so, yeah. I'll, I'll just uh I'll, I'll use you instead of chat gpt i'll just be like yes. chat zobt i will be watching the reunion after we're done recording this so yeah i'll let you know because i heard james kennedy call sandoval a punk ass bitch on the show and it's funny as fuck <laughs> anyways completely lost i have terrible i have terrible news for you so what happened I think the splits you were looking at were his MLB. They were MLB splits? For whatever reason, even when you're on the I, the MILB page, for mm-hmm. they give you... Wow. They give you the... <laughs> baseball page screwed us. Why would they do that? <laughs> that is stupid. Because I, I was very... looking back, and like the slash line has dropped, but I'm like, he's still getting hit. Like, he's not... <laughs> All right, here, I'm in the game logs. Yeah, fuck. there are some offers in there, but I don't there think some, like... but not a lot of offers. Yeah, it's not that bad. The whatever. No, it's not nearly as bad as that. So yeah, fuck MLB site. Hold on, that's the last time I used that. So this shit. is actually Lovey Smith throwing out a challenge flag and yes. he's completely wrong. <laughs> yes, that's I want it. That was wrong, yes. and I was bamboozled by the ML MLB. That he did his it. own research, folks. This is what happens. Yep. Scallywag, hoodwinked. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck, dude. My bad. Thank you, Beef and Josh, for pointing that out. Because where's Alex? Usually, Alex is the one that jumps on this stuff. Oh, shameful. This is just, just like uh, this is just like our first year of the show. So remember that one review? These guys get oh, all yeah. the stats wrong. <laughs> That was my favorite review of the show ever. I can't listen to this shit. They get all the stats wrong. I think we said like one number off. (laughs) And the guy went fucking nuts in the Apple reviews. And we've been harping on that ever since. (laughs) So anytime you hear me be like, we're a a big stat show. It's me referring to that Apple review we got our first year of the show. Uh, Yeah. Oh, wait. How have we not talked about Michael Kopech? Buried the lead. We buried the lead. Michael Kopech is like the greatest pitcher on earth right now. We knew he. Oh, did we talk about it before we went on? 
Is that am I, or because I remember didn't we mention that the strikeouts? No, we talked about it when uh, yeah. the show with Nukon, didn't we? Is yeah. So, we okay. Are you guys about his kid playing the switch? Are you guys believers or or is it? It's against Kansas City and Cleveland. No, two of the I, I said the same thing was 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 nasty against like you're. That's like, would you prefer the alternative where he doesn't pitch well? No, no, no. But, no, I, but no, no, no. I get what he's saying. Ahead. I get what you're saying. No, I think the stuff plays no matter who he's pitching to. That's yeah. He took care of business. He looked like how he he was supposed to look. The well, stuff's the biggest net, thing. The biggest the thing is that is like nasty. the velocity. Oh, no, like the velocity is way up, right? He does look a little bit more jacked up. This is like that stretch last year when, because there was a point in May last year, I think you could have made the case he was a legit Cy Young candidate the way he was pitching. He had a stretch of starts. He was. Yankees they had like a perfect game through five and two thirds, I think. He had a great start against the Dodgers. I think he had a really, I think it was a quality start against the Red Sox too. Like he, he was good for a stretch last year. And then at the dead arm of fatigue. And- the big thing that I saw on Wednesday's game, and I think uh, Pedro talked about it in the post game too, he threw a couple of changeups, and he felt confident in that changeup. And if he could add that pitch to his arsenal, the big thing you're going to see is he's pitching. His next start's going to be against the Angels, so you'll see what he does against Trout and Otani, and yeah. So, yeah. Sebi Sebastian, too. It's another pitcher, you know, and this, I always joke that I like Seb, and I know he can't hit. Seb calls a great game, but he just Seb can't calls, hit. Uh, every pitcher you, David Ross. is always given rave reviews about Seb. Like, after that great start against Kansas City, he was like, yeah, Seb came up to me in the bullpen and was like, don't throw as many sweepers like you usually do. Throw a shorter slider today. And he called mostly fastballs. And when he did throw the off speed, he relied on the slider and he got a lot of swings and misses out of it. I think he had like three strikeouts off that slide. I think, I think Sebi is a Marty Molnado light for the White Sox right now. Can't really hit good defensively. Calls a great game. Earned. Basically he's still should have a roster spot. Like, I got no problem with that. I got no problem. So, in the fifth year of the show, what's up, Fitz? Oh, I just, I got to. Well, I'm I'm going in NASCAR minute. Oh, perfect. Let's do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is something that when me and Aldo started this show five years ago, we never thought would be a topic that we called on this show. But I'm so glad it's here because I love it every time. Ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the NASCAR Minute with NASCAR Mitch. All right. It was the All-Star Race this weekend. So to get in the All-Star Race NASCAR, you need to either and a past race winner from last year this year. Otherwise, the only way you can get in is through the heat races. This year, they're racing at North Wilkesboro, which we'll get into a little bit later. It's a huge deal. This is the first time ever in sports history that a stadium had been discontinued. The last time they raced there was 1996. They abandoned the place. And it was just late. like there's weeds growing everywhere on the track. And then like last year, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was like, hey, you know, we should bring back this place. And they cleaned it up. And they're now they're hosting an all-star race. So it was like a big deal for all these NASCAR fans and all these hillbillies. So the way the all-star race works, first night of the race, they have a pit crew challenge. So all the pit crews, they have a time stop. Whoever has the fastest stop, that's how it determines your positioning for the heat race. And because it's a short track, it's hard to pass in these short tracks. It's a new car. So the positions are very important. So 
it was kind of funny to watch. They have like all the scrubs going first, and like the small teams guys are like tripping over the wall. They won't throw in the tire correctly, and it's like that 17 second stop. And then as they slowly get faster and faster, they get better. So Joe Gibbs' team for Ty Gibbs, uh, grandson nepotism once again, NASCAR count team. Uh, they they rip off a heater of a stop midway through. So he's got the fastest pit stop, so the whole thing. So their team is sweating it out through the end. One by one, they're going through. No one's been able to beat the Gibbs crew, uh, pit crew team. Finally, last team left, Ross Chastain, popular name on the show. His team, low-key, been ripping heaters uh, uh, for pit stops. They had the fastest average all year. So everyone's like, ooh, this is going to be close. So Ross comes in, pit crew, fast stop. But he's slow getting out of the box. He didn't put it in the correct gear getting out of the pit box. And that's when, like, you have to like, stop the timer once you get out of the pit box. Ross Chastain, low-key, screwed up. They finished second. Ty Gibbs got first. So in the heat race, you know, it went pretty normal. Daniel Suarez's pit crew had the second uh, fastest stop. Uh, so he he got the pole position for the race. Uh, and the final heat race was the open. So they have uh, the drivers that haven't won a race. You got to win this race to get in. So Ty Gibbs, who had the fastest stop uh, in the pit crew challenge, was starting first for that race. And he's going good again. And he runs Michael McDowell into the fence a little bit. Michael McDowell's kind of pissed because it broke his car. And so he's like out of the race. But he's like, fix my car. I want to get back out there and wreck that little shit. So he gets out there with this broken-ass car. He's, like, sliding around the track, and Ty Gibbs comes back around. He's about to lap him, and Michael McDowell's, like, boxing him out. He's got the elbows out with the car. He tries to wreck him, miss. Ty Gibbs squirts through. Uh, so the race starts. So Ty Gibbs got into the all-star race. Race starts. Pretty boring, not going to lie. My guy Daniel Suarez is in the lead for the first 40 laps. Kyle Larson, he's near the back working his way up through the field, and his pit crew, uh, his crew chief's like, hey, Kyle, uh, we need to make a change. We've got to do something different here. So we're going to have you pit a little bit early. Uh, try not to say the M-word down pit road because you've been known to do that from time to time. Uh, so Kyle Larson gets his uh, fresh tires, and he starts picking his way through the field, working his way back up. He passes Daniel Suarez. The, the race goes green the entire time, so it's pretty boring because there's no cautions, no crashes. Kyle Larson dominated. Had that gone green longer, had he not had a speeding penalty coming off the pit road, which sent him to the back after that pit stop, he probably would have lapped the entire field so not gonna lie the race kind of sucked ass and now this is where i want to get to kind of a serious part nascar minute and i think it's kind of fitting here too since we're talking about the five-year anniversary of this uh this show <clears throat> so as i mentioned they went back to north wilkesboro it was very much like a throwback weekend for nascar and all the fans loved it and like you know as a relatively new newer nascar fan i should say what I think is great about that sport is, is like it doesn't matter like when you're a kid, and that's why Hot Wheels are so popular. It doesn't matter like what race you are or whatever. Uh, you could you know what gender like watching cars go fast is fun. That's why little kids love playing with Hot Wheels and like like that was like my first thing I fell in love with. So like that's how I because at first before I was like I always had the stereotype with NASCAR where it's like these fans are a bunch of rednecks and they're racing. You know that's kind of like what threw me away where I was like I don't want to. Be involved in this and then you know i kind of got hooked watching it because it is the same like watching cars go fast is fun and that's why i love doing the nascar minute is because once i fell in love with that sport it's fun to like share that passion watching cars because it's like cool it makes you feel like a kid again that's one of the reasons i love it. however this weekend it kind of goes to show not all the time when you go back for like a throwback it's not nostalgia does not always equal to it because as i have learned more about the sport and you learn about nascar's history you know it's not they do not have the best track record. You know, they have the Confederate flag thing, and there are a lot of stereotypes. It's one of the things that pushed me away from enjoying NASCAR in the first place, why it took me so long to get into it, is because, like, you know, you have a lot of things. Like, it's all these good old boys from the South. 
And unfortunately, from my experience going to a lot of these, a lot of those stereotypes are true. And it happened once again this weekend, going back to North Wellsboro, where they already have kind of an uncomfortable history where some fans got on Bubba Wallace's radio, who gets booed more than any driver in the field. Wonder why, because he's the only black driver out there. That, that's no coincidence. Uh, and like, you know, basically around his radio saying like, go back to where he came from. Uh, it's like real racist shit, which honestly, I wish I was surprised by it. And I was. And so like that sucked. And it made me think, you know, not all throwbacks and going back to the history and looking at the past is always a good thing. So that made me sad for the sport because it is, a, I think it's cool. Like, like I said, watching cars go fast is fun. And I wish, you know, I think everyone should be able to enjoy it. And I feel like a lot of people don't feel welcome watching it because of the stereotypes that NASCAR fans give off. And unfortunately, a lot of those are true. And I think it's kind of sad. And, you know, that's why I was sick leaving this throwback weekend, going back to a place because, like, you know, they're all celebrating NASCAR's history. They don't have a good history. And that made me kind of sad. So I'm glad Pinwheels does with their five-year anniversary. It was cool going back to looking at that. But, you know, that's kind of where I wanted to be. I, that's why I enjoy doing the NASCAR Minute. And I'm sorry to kind of take this down like a depressing term, but I don't really have any other uh, format to discuss NASCAR on like this. is the only platform I have. So, you know, it is a fun sport. I wish they would do a little bit better. Like, like he won an Emmy. Bubba Walls won an Emmy this week for his documentary race that just came out. I, it was on Netflix last year. And it's a very good documentary. You can check it out. And it addresses a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about. Like Bubba, for a lot of the people that don't like him, it's simply because, quite frankly, and they'll make excuses, daddy's black. So, like, that's that's sad because I think it is a cool sport, and I wish more people would feel welcome and enjoy it. Sorry for depressing it, but that's the NASCAR. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. He's- Sorry, Mitch. I know you were trying to be serious, but I couldn't resist putting this picture up while you were talking. (laughs) I was going to say, that was an Emmy Award-winning performance besides our little uh, slideshow. (laughs) Yes, the the slideshow. That might have been one of the best slideshows. But I agree with you, Mitch. That shit's bullshit. That is lame. As a parent to a two-year-old boy who is obsessed with Hot Wheels, and cars right now i get it man i definitely do but all right everybody shameless plug real quick you yeah know, if you have to actually be interested in nascar it was pretty cool one of the coolest things i, I saw it i retweeted you for sport i got to interview kyle bush's crew chief so if you go to my twitter click the link you can listen to 50 minute interview or read what i wrote if not i don't blame you my white sock shit's a little bit better but uh you know it's kind of cool talking to him get some interesting stuff out there so so shameless plug Yep. No, absolutely. Plug your shit all the time. I don't give a fuck. Um, all right, Zoe, you ready for your solo third hour? Yeah. All you. All right. See you, man. All right. So <laughs> thank you again, everybody, for five years. No, Zoe, don't sign off. You got an hour. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm very much <laughs> signing off. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, again, if you've ever watched the show, liked the show, retweeted the show, interacted with the show anything we very much appreciate all the support hopefully we can continue to do this continue having a ton of fun doing it and keep coming up with ideas um but it's been one health of the first five years uh i'm very proud of this show i'm very proud of how 
we've kind of stayed true to what we've wanted to do on this show. Uh, we haven't really deflected too much into, uh, besides, you know, talking about NASCAR, but, you know, we've stayed what we, what me and Aldo pretty much envisioned this show would be. So I think that's really cool. Uh, thank you to everyone in the comments and all the, the love on Twitter today. Congratulating us. Uh, we see it all. We appreciate it all. Um, and we're just really happy to be part of this great community that Chicago has, the sports community with all the different shows and uh, people. Met a lot of good friends through this and doing this and some things I would not change for a lot of money in the world. So uh, for, I don't even know how many times I've done this now. So for Mitch, that's my guy, Aldo. I'm Zoe. And just like we have been for the last five years, we'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy. Every season make it all change Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on a board, yeah Every season make it all change